0: In a world where God is dying, four heathens come to deliver the final nails in the coffin. From the depths of hell, Satan sends four puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists from the Middle East.
1: Hello
2: everyone. Welcome to our episode of Secular Jihadists. We have the same usual suspects, except that Armin got a fairer skin today. Did you do whitening, Armin? Are you, are you <laughs> trying to sick. become like are you trying to become like Michael Jackson, Armin?
1: <laughs> he's got a bit of Lego, he's been flossing a lot. <laughs> yeah,
2: I can see I can see that.
0: You guys, he's been throwing up. He's been sick. I have had food
2: food poisoning. Oh, I see. I thought you were using feral lovely. <laughs>
0: And wait, he was not only was he sick, but he still came out to see me and my talk, wow. and he came out to brunch afterwards.
2: Nice, while that's, a, that's being amazing. Sick.
0: Such an amazing friend. I'm very lucky. This is a true jihadist.
2: Uh, we should talk yeah. about that soon. So the usual suspects. We have Yasmin, Muhammad, Confessions of an Ex-Muslim. Hello, Yasmin.
0: Hello, Faisal. Nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you too. Uh, this is the first time we meet. Uh, I didn't want our first day to be this confusing. Um, yeah, because you're, hey, you're, ma- uh, uh, you're not Mahram. You're not Mahram.
0: <laughs> I will be soon, because I can breastfeed you, and then we'll be fine.
2: Oh, my okay, God.
0: We'll talk about that later.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Win- that's a win-win situation. <laughs> oh, um, my God. And uh, w- with us, also, uh, we have the sick Armin. Uh, Armin Navabi. He is the hello, hello Armin. Um, he is the founder of Atheist Republic and the author of No God But God, uh, co-authored with Raza Aslan. No. Um,
1: <laughs> no. Armin's like no. Armin's. Armin's <laughs> book is called Why There Is No God? Yes. Thank you. Uh, that, uh, that's the other one that he co-authored with a
2: fellow uh, Iranian, Raza Aslan, who I think Armin is a big fan. Um, no. No. Well, uh, you, 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 wrong. you're wrong. You're, you're, <laughs> you're that's one.
0: your karma, Faisal.
2: <laughs> it's backfiring on me right now.
0: Yes. Right. I've
2: raised that. I've raised bad generation. <laughs> you um, earned it. <laughs> and uh, we have Al-Rizbi, the author of The God Delusion. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh well the author of The Selfish Gene and The God to Lose. No. No, no that's that's another brown person no he's not Um the author <laughs> of uh The Atheist Muslim The Journey from uh Reason to Faith right
1: No yeah the, 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 yeah the, the, something or, like that Yeah um it's The Atheist Muslim A Journey from Religion to Reason I can't believe I have to do this but anyway so Well so, <laughs> I, I know you're having. Every, even bad marketing is good
2: marketing. Uh, that's as the, the idea. As, that's as a... the president of the United States. Uh, that's Faisal, exactly what i saying. So, what's my potential
0: book going to be called?
2: Um, why I love Linda Sarsour.
0: No, <laughs> ten definitely <reasons>. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, though. I'm really impressed uh, with you. <laughs> ten,
2: like a BuzzFeed article. Well why do I love 10 reasons why I love Linda Sarsour? Mm. Ten, She's, and like a
1: listicle. That's what listicles. they call them, yeah. listicles.
2: <laughs> Testi- Testicles of Linda Sarsour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Um, it's going to be such...
0: called From Al-Qaeda to Atheism.
1: Fessel, you are such a genital, man. <laughs> oh we
0: devolved so quickly. Yeah. We didn't even get the podcast started yet. We have important people listening to this. Yeah. yeah I, I think anybody that was
3: trying to decide whether this is a what podcast worth listening to, they just if, if this was the first episode, I don't know if we, if you're still if you, here, thank you so much.
1: If you brought your we nice you, kids patrons. and everybody <laughs> sit around and you know just say, let's watch this right now. This is probably not yeah. there should have been a trigger warning.
2: Yeah, if you ought to if you ought to if you are a teacher of a kindergarten, this is the best show to show to future, children, <laughs> future generations. Future um, children. <laughs> there's,
1: a, there's gonna be an embryo screening.
2: Yeah, uh, speaking, speaking of embryos, uh, speaking of embryos. Here we go. Uh, one of the uh, 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 verses of the Quran that talks about <laughs> that the sperm is created on the back of the man uh, and there was a friend of ours that I, I think, so, wait, 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 is, let a friend. me,
1: let me clear up what the verse actually says. Cause this is a serious thing. This yeah. is surah 86 verses five through seven, uh, say that, uh, look at man, man was created from a fluid ejected between the backbone and the ribs. So, mm. Oh. That's I like wrong, ribs. by the way. That's I like wrong. Ribs. I Yeah, not those ribs. That, <laughs> so before, before, we, before we dive into this and we start talking about embryos, let's talk about what the theme of this, uh, this, this episode mm-hmm. is. So what we're going to do is we're going to have some fun. Uh, with all of the scriptures one reason that all of us are secular we're not religious and we're atheists is because uh, all of us ended up reading our scriptures and the scriptures Mm -hmm. of pretty much all the abrahamic religions in a way um i mean none of us really converted to judaism or christianity either because we know that you know those scriptures are just as silly um as i mean the scriptures are all silly i mean you can argue which religion has been more dangerous at different times in history but um The scriptures are all, uh, they're very entertaining. And they're actually a lot more fun. Armin, you have something to say about this too. They're a lot more fun when you stop believing, right?
3: Yeah. Don't stop. (laughs) <laughs> no. Oh my god. That's
1: gonna stuck in get stuck in my head. Stop. Yeah, that you can't get that song out of your head. Don't stop believing. Yeah, Death and stop. Frozen. Like, mm. yes. You can't get Frozen out of your head? Ooh, this no. wait. forget about go. all the scripture stuff.
2: Saleila no. okay. <laughs> That's my that's my favorite frozen song. I
1: know. Yeah, no, the vessel is gonna come in with all the <laughs> items.
3: <laughs> um, all right. So what I was what I was suggesting is like if, if somebody enjoys like Mayan culture and Mayan history, um, and and Mayan art and all that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are they believe in human sacrifice, right? They don't think that's a good idea. But so, but they can, Nobody criticizes somebody that enjoys uh, Mayan history and Mayan culture. Because they know that these people just enjoy the history and culture of it, and they don't actually believe in any of the ideas that that the that the religion actually um, you know uh, t- taught um, their followers before. So, uh, what I'm suggesting is that if when we become an ex-Muslim, a lot of us at the beginning have this hatred towards Islam that don't want to even go near it. But if speak you, for yourself. <laughs> if you get over that after a while, a lot of us when we go back to it, we look at it from a sense of non from a point of view of non-belief and we just look at it as history and literature. It actually becomes very interesting. But if if you if you take out the part that you actually believe these things are real and serious, it becomes like a lot of these verses along with other um verses from other religions and also the teachings and the culture around that time and you know the reasons why one verse might have appeared before it becomes actually like a puzzle that you have to solve and you never know if you got it right and every chapter in the quran or even the hadith become very very interesting actually if you don't actually believe in them um and it becomes much more enjoyable I, I have much more fun reading the quran as an atheist than i ever had as a as a muslim
1: yeah and i i would say the same about the bible i i actually think the bible is even more interesting because there's all these uh because you know we see that culture all around us in the literature and in paintings and like you know even you know it was it was passover recently and then you know you look at the history of passover and you got to laugh like do you guys know are you familiar with it like yeah i've yeah.
2: dated enough jews to know
1: yes yeah, you have <laughs> i know yeah uh, so just a, for those who don't know i mean the idea was that uh um what god was doing was he was kind of like purging all of the uh the 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 bad people the firstborns he was killing all the firstborns of the bad people so he's going from.
0: And there's something about blood on a door or
1: something yes yeah, so he was going from house to house and uh, you know all of the all of the, all the believers were told to put slaughter a lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the front of their door so Uh, He knew when he saw the blood of the lamb that he would pass over that house and not kill the firstborn in that house. And this now is a celebration. So it's
3: um, it's
0: another a very smart God if he needs the people to be told.
3: Actually, I I know the excuse for that. Uh, The excuse for that is that it wasn't God that showed up at the door. It was the angel of death. So he's pretty stupid too. Like he should be able to figure his shit out. I know but but still you you're allowed to criticize the angel of death so, so it but like but
1: what I wanted to add to what Armin was saying that not only does it become more interesting and uh, it actually becomes funnier too there's a lot of things we grew up uh, like the, the, I think that the last episode we were talking about how there's an angel on the right shoulder an angel on the left shoulder and then they're writing down our deeds and and the whole thing is just so laughable now. So it becomes very entertaining. And that is, I think, the theme of um, what we're going to do over here is maybe we're probably going to have some laughs at some of the silliness and the absurdity of scripture. If you are just a disclaimer, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I'm Muslim and I find this offensive, we're not talking about you. This isn't about you. You we're talking were probably, about your
0: silly religion.
1: Yeah, even if you were born in the 60s or 70s, I mean, this happened 1400 years ago. This is not about you and what you, you know, who you are. We we have a lot of respect for you. This is just about a book and a bunch of um, a really funny stuff that's in that book. Like human beings being created from a fluid ejected between the backbone and the ribs. And,
0: and was so- that fluid clay? Because I thought I thought human beings were made out of clay. No. There's a, there's a discrepancy there.
2: I thought they were made of kebab, also water.
3: No. They were yes, they were originally the first human was made out of clay. Not everybody else was not made out of everybody else was made out of cl- like clay of blood, right? Okay,
0: so the first one was made of Okay, how does this work? You make the first one out of clay and then mm-hmm. so his offspring would also be clay, would they not?
1: No, they 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 start from a clot of blood from alaka yes. An alaka so, is a clinging leech like structure apparently that
3: also looks like a blood clot. And I know how they got the blood clot.
0: But then yes. like if you I it, read
3: your book Ali, it was, I, I I didn't know that until I read your book. It was pretty cool. I remember that yeah, because yeah. I
0: remember being being taught that this oh look, it's just like an embryo. Look how it's hanging in the womb or the whatever the, the Well, that the, sack the, the, that the alaka, baby the, is in.
1: Well the the, the leech like uh structure. Astrog- so so what happens called. is in the uh, the um I think the first first revelation ever. So, you know, Muhammad's out there, he's in the
3: cave. <inaudible> of...
1: Right, exactly. Mm. Yeah, Rabbi <inaudible> Kalazi And he's in uh he's he's in a cave in Mecca, the cave of Hira, and he's meditating or whatever he's doing. And then an angel comes to him, you know, which it's obviously this cannot be a hallucination because he was a prophet. Just want to say that right now. And tells him He wasn't him, smoking pot either. Yeah, yeah. He tells him to read. He's like, Read. And he's like, I don't know how to read. He's like, read. He's like, hey, I don't, I don't know how to read. I just told you. And the guy is just like, read. You know, he's so it's clearly something up with Gabriel and, uh, you know, Muhammad suddenly starts reading. And then the first thing, so that, that first revelation ever of the Quran, which started off the Quran, was read in the name of thy Lord who created you from a clot. And the miracle here is supposed to be that, how did people know that the embryo initially looks like a blood clot? That's not really much of a miracle because when we were in Pakistan, we sometimes would get eggs and we'd crack them open, frying pan, and sometimes they were fertilized and you knew that you had to throw them out because lo and behold, there was a blood clot looking thing. And that was how we knew it was a fertilized egg. Pretty sure they had eggs back there. Pretty sure they had chickens 1,400 years ago and someone uh put that together not much of a miracle anyway so
0: somebody one of our patrons just wrote and uh, wendell wrote and said adam is made from clay and eve is made from adam's rib
1: or his or his penis bone according to zionese yeah
0: okay so that kind of explains how people can be so we should be like we sh- we, we should be partially clay and partially blood clot there should be clay in us I was told. I mean, can you want me to tell you how this was explained to me when I asked yeah, that question? Yeah,
4: please. Please.
0: I was told that uh, when the Big Bang happened, all of the the particles of like the different. Okay, guys, I've been drinking wine, so I can't. I, my I can My vocabulary is gone.
1: Oh. Well, the people who wrote the stuff were drinking a whole lot more. <laughs>
0: <than just wine>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all of the little like stuff.
1: Hmm.
0: All of that stuff is what makes clay. And then that's what, we're, like when people say we're made out of star stuff, like mm. we're made out of star stuff and clay is also made out of star stuff. So yeah, it, it makes sense.
1: Oh, that's the justification. They brought Lawrence Krauss into it and yes. they were able to justify the Quranic. <laughs> Actually, if, okay.
3: if you want to justify these verses, there's so many ways to do it. Like when, Even when I was a kid, I came up with something and a lot of my teachers thought it was very clever. And I felt very special because my religion teachers were like, yeah, you're right. I, w- I argued that Noah's Ark is basically the DNA and it's talking about evolution. Right, Mm -hmm. like when he puts he puts all the animals into a ship, and we basically tells us like he's is the only ship that survived, and basically is talking about the, you know how it came from the ocean, like we basically the earth was mostly ocean and life came from the oceans right and most of the mm-hmm. earth was only water and this our dna came out of the water and we're like this is this is what it's saying and i made that up right and we were like yes you're right <laughs> it was all and, made up i guess so no but it, <laughs> it, it, and they loved it it yeah, worked, sounds it worked good because you're yeah. like the new prophet now <laughs> No, but I was very <laughs> proud of myself because my I, I felt like I have discovered a miracle in the Quran, and my religious teachers so were like, "Yeah."
1: <laughs> well, I uh, I also wanted to bring up since you mentioned the water thing, in mm-hmm. uh, uh Surah twenty one verse thirty, it actually says um that uh, God created every living thing from water. Now that is actually. Partly true. Whether you're yeah. talking about them coming out of the water, as in from fish to amphibians to reptiles, and so on, or you're talking about the body composition of males are about 70% water, females are about sixty percent water. I, should I say this first in Arabic? Please do.
0: Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh really? Wow. Man. Yeah,
1: that's good. That is we made we made uh, everything from water. That, that That's a different verse. It says that actually in two places, but that's a, yeah, you're right. So it's a, th- there's also that claim. And then there's clay. You know how I used to justify it? Actually, you know what? If, if, if it said that God made every living thing out of coal, that would there'd be some parallel because at least it's carbon based. It's not silicon based. Right. I mean, oh, uh, yeah because clay all bullshit. is silicon but if if we start incorporating yeah. microchips into ourselves and we become cyborgs in the future and we have silicon in us i think it be like we're incorporating clay into us maybe people then will be like hey look we are made out of no but
2: i, I same... think back at the time he didn't want to start a war on coal so he could get the republican votes that's <laughs> I know. that's the logic <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all those coal <laughs> people you know you got something going on <laughs> right. by the way all of this is None of us believe this stuff. I just want to say we're just having fun with it. It's uh the thing, yeah. so the thing is
3: that the the all these stories there have so many there's so many stories that it's hard for you not to have some hits and misses. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how Nostradamus works, that's how Hafez works. They all have predictions, they all have because there's it's a book of so much it's a book of so much random shit that eventually you, you like if you wanna come up with some um, you know, miracles that something you you could associate something scientific with something in the book. In fact, if you can't find anything, I I would assume that you have lack imagination. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it would be hard for you not to be able to match something scientific to some a book of random bullshit, right? Yeah. Well, my my favorite part, my
2: favorite part is in numerology. Oh yeah. When it comes to this, this is like when they say uh, the word "life" is mentioned. Uh, something something if you multiply it by the word death and you divide mm-hmm. it by the amount of the i don't know the word yeah. uh, halal chicken is mentioned and then yeah. you will get uh the big bang theory and <laughs> see it all makes sense
3: <laughs> actually halal actually,
2: chicken it's so life, obvious death. <laughs>
0: like,
3: it's
2: so no, obvious I, I, like how how can you not miss that
3: <laughs> I spent so much time actually counting these because they were saying it. It's amazing. Exactly. It's actually, it's, it requires a lot of surprised. intelligence, by the way.
1: It well, you, know what happened, you know what happened after the Big Bang? was the big cigarette. Okay, so oh. people don't smoke that much now.
0: Ba-dum-bum.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's the older generation I got it. I know. It's just know. right afterwards.
2: Yeah. It's like there's all this. But actually, like this requires, I mean, this is where where like when modern science comes in and then the religious are trying so hard to make sense of the book because the book is infallible, right? So because the book is infallible, all the modern science, if the modern science is right, they have to figure out a way to match these these, these two things together. So either they deny it first. So like uh, عمدتن, right, we, we created the skies without any uh, like holders, because that's the, the Quran. So then they say, well, if you multiply the skies and you by, divide them by shawarma, you will get, <laughs> you'll, yeah, so if you, if you uh, divide them by how many shawarma sandwiches you can make from a school, then you will get like the, the, the age, the name of the stars, the number of the stars in each universe. Like this is, this is how much mental gymnastics that they have to do because like yeah. studying Islam for 12 years from elementary school to high school. So like in Iraq, what we do is that we they t- give us the short verses, the short surahs at the beginning of the elementary school. And then when you go older, like when you become 18, you have to like s- start with Al Baqarah and Al Umran oh. and all of the, the big ones. So like, mm-hmm. a, so they, so like f- they do mental gymnastics for 12 years with you. It's like, uh, you th- and, and like actually had a very smart, well, one of them supported Al Qaeda, but that was the. The other one was.
1: Yeah, it's like some um, of them do. You know, yeah, always somebody. The other one was Son like so people.
2: smart that he was like trying so hard to to play all this mental gymnastics with the numerology and stuff, and I really found it fascinating. I scored a
1: hundred in Islamic studies. I think all of wow. us did. Yeah, yeah the, uh, but it's it's I actually really enjoyed it when I, and, and I did, I have, I have a whole, I described this in a lot of detail in my book. I really enjoyed twisting around all the words and, you know, making them mean anything I wanted to. It was almost like a challenge for me because anything I wanted to do, um, I was tried to find a way that the Quran said it and it almost never failed. I was always able to somehow justify everything I wanted to do by twisting because it's so vague. It's so cryptic. Like there, there's some things that are just, I mean, the cryptic, some stuff just like alif lam meme. It doesn't mean anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just three letters. And, like, I, it's just a lunacy. So, um, yeah, so I, I had a, me- a really good time with it um, back
0: then. As a medical practitioner, I have a question for you.
1: Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Thank you.
0: There's a hadith. <laughs> there's a hadith. <laughs> uh huh. That, and it, this is a sahih hadith, sahih al Bukhari. Which Volume means that four. it's
1: probably very authentic. That was one yeah. of the big. Uh, can we talk? We'll just quickly talk about what hadith are the the these are the traditions of of Muhammad. The things he said and did that his companions wrote down and recorded. And Sahih Bukhari is uh, one of the most uh, authentic and highly regarded ones. One of the biggest volumes. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. Narrated by Abu Huraira, the Prophet said,
1: "Oh, my cousin! <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, go his dad, my cousin."
0: The prophet said, if a housefly falls in the drink of any one of you, he should dip it in the drink, for one of its wings has a disease and the other has the cure for the disease. So if a fly dips its wing into your drink, you have to really quickly push the other wing into your drink to get the antidote on the other wing.
1: And, of uh-huh. course, if he
0: just dips his wing in and flies away, you have to go find him
1: and then figure out which fly <laughs> and dip it was the whole thing in
0: you the could put him back in you <laughs> so as a medical practitioner uh. <laughs> Ali, yeah. can you can you tell us what what, are, what is your opinion on this? Because I see online that this has been proven by science.
1: So, so what so. I did was I actually did uh, pathologies, and that meant I used to do a lot of autopsies. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're on dead people, but in this case, whoever wrote it, I think that we should do it it's while he's still dead. alive. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think that these people should be autopsied alive, um, just just to see you know what's actually ticking. <laughs> That's Online,
0: honestly, there's people that are going. They have got like evidence and proof as to why this is true. Oh, they
1: have, yeah, they have. You, you know, the flat eartherism is making a comeback. Yes. Shaq O'Neill, Shaq Dysentery. Who,
0: who,
3: by Dysentry the way, is can Muslim. be solved but, if you just but, dip but your fly before, into the drink. Be, but but let, let's mention to everybody this oh. is, what, what Yas just said mm-hmm. is part of hadith that yeah. is considered one of the most authentic hadith. In Islam, in Islam, I was taught this as a
0: kid. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom telling me this.
3: Yeah. So, 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 just understand that that if anybody considered as hadith as authentic, that means that they have to believe that every fly has one wing that it causes you disease, <laughs> and another wing on the same fly that has a cure a, for the on disease. On the same fly. That's, that's key. <laughs> the same not, fly. not another fly. Not, <laughs> not another not fly. fly's twin. You better find that same cure fly, man. <laughs> for the disease that ca- is caused by the other wing. Just
0: think about that. Just mm.
3: just, well, just, it makes sense. Um,
0: well, yeah, You have to. if you don't believe it, it's kufr. Cool. Um, so you have to believe it. By the way,
2: it. have you guys... Uh, I don't know if this is a universal thing, but so there is a hadith that I just remembered, which is like uh, from volume book seventy two, number seven four seven. It looks like a United <laughs> flight that hit the Wall Trade Center. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh. so uh, oh, <laughs> narrated Abu Huraira, Allah's apostles say, "If you want to put on your shoes, put on the right shoe first, and if you want yeah. to take them off, take yeah. the left one first. Let the right shoe be the be the first to be put on." and the last to be taken off and then when you enter a house you have to mm-hmm. enter with your right, right with your right foot not the left foot is it because allah is right wing is it that the
0: reason <laughs> mm. except for the bathroom
1: yeah yes. the, ba- the bathroom, bathroom, the bathroom is what goes.
0: the bathroom is the opposite you have oh, to why is just that
1: put your left foot in first
0: that's right. You put your left foot in, you take your left foot out. <laughs> and when you're leaving the bathroom, you leave right foot first. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah
2: so, but, but that, what is the logic behind this, actually? Do you you guys you, there's no
0: logic for The whole where's thing is the logic behind it. a question. I was taught this as a kid. I remember, like, it doesn't matter how tired I was in the middle of the night getting up to go to the bathroom. I'd be like, okay, which foot is going in? Like, a five year old. Like, I still didn't even know right from left. And I'd be like, so panicked that I'd go in with the wrong foot because then i'd get possessed by the devil because he lives the devil lives in the bathroom the
3: moment you ask why you're missing the point yeah right? you're not allowed to ask you why. don't question god so so this was, so okay, one wait, thing
0: the bathroom thing i just want to continue it so i i was taught that the shaitan the devil lives in the bathroom but i was also taught that the shaitan can't enter a mosque so then I was like, well, what about the bathrooms in the mosque? <laughs>
1: uh, that's a good question. See, th- this is a thing. Like, you were a genius.
0: Yeah, and then I got in trouble.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For I to asking, to what about the bathroom in the mosque? Yeah.
0: yeah. Why are you asking on? so many questions? Because the shaitan is in you. That's why. Shaitan's in you. Waswasa in your ear. Like, whispering yeah. in your ear. Ask, yeah. Making you ask all these questions.
3: That actually reminds me because we had a that, story. That I think is true. We had a story <laughs> about Imam Ali. Where he had a heat. he actually took an arrow in 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 the knee. I, I, this is actually true, okay? He took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> what is that? Sorry, funny? I, not, I don't know why it's funny. <laughs> no, is funny. you guys don't know. I'm you just guys, imagining
1: <laughs> Imam Ali walking you guys, around with a fucking arrow sticking you, you guys don't know
3: why this is funny, yeah. but a lot of people. All right. all right, go ahead. So he took an arrow to the knee and um, they wanted to pull it out, but every time he wanted to pull it out, uh, he would scream in pain and pull out what him about the arrow. He would he like an arrow. arrow in his knee. If you had yeah. an
1: arrow in your knee, yeah, we're not talking about like the your mouse button, we're talking about like okay. an actual arrow with the guys. thing. No, <coughs> yeah. oh, okay. okay. go
2: ahead, Armin. Armin.
3: all right, because pull out but can mean different went, things
2: to different people. Yeah, they
3: went to <laughs> Muhammad and asked him, Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Armin, please, guys, let me let finish. Right.
0: Sorry, Armin,
3: yeah. They went to Muhammad and asked him, how do we pull out this arrow, right? All right. Oh, God, you guys. Are no, guys. <laughs> no, keep go going. Right.
0: That's what she said.
3: <laughs> yes, it's drunk. Uh-huh.
0: Sorry. Please keep right. going.
3: <laughs> Anyways, Muhammad said, let him start praying. When he's praying, his mind is so focused mm. on God that he's not going to notice. So they waited. When Ali was praying, they pulled the arrow out, and he didn't notice anything. Mm. There was a second story about Imam Ali that he went to mosque and he was praying and this guy comes in and this is when when Ali was the khalifa already. Um he was the fourth khalifa but he was this poor guy comes to ask everybody for money and nobody gives him anything and then Ali when he was praying he just takes out his khalifa drink and he just gives it to the poor man. Right, And they were like, oh my gosh, Ali was so nice because he noticed that nobody is paying attention to this guy. He took out the Khalifa, like the most important thing he had on him, and he gave it to the poor guy. And I was like, wait a minute, how come he noticed the poor guy coming mm-hmm. in and nobody giving him money when mm-hmm. he was praying, when he couldn't even notice the arrow being pulled out of his knee when he was praying? And the answer was, get out of the class.
0: <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> no, love it did, yeah, yeah they,
3: they kicked the guy so kicked me out of a class I was, yep. I was yeah
0: yeah you're too
1: smart yeah one of the one of the problems with the hadith of course with especially with like liberal and uh muslims who live in the west is that there are many that are considered to be inauthentic um and there are thousands of them literally and it's a gold mine of just uh hilarity yeah. um I and, think it's and,
3: cheating, honestly. If you use hadith, there's so much bullshit there.
1: There's, there's so, much, so there much there that it's like you ch- can't. It's like taking the because you know those things were actually compiled by men. It's it's a little bit like the New Testament in a way, or the Talmud. It's like that um, mm-hmm. because it's it's not really the actual holy scripture. It's it's a, it's like the appendix or the the supplement to it.
0: Do you um, have but, something from the Quran that you brought?
1: Yeah, well, I have, I, I have
2: this one. It's narrated by a safari name. So it's it's a it's a volume seven book seventy so one number six one nine narrated by Nazi hadith? narrated by Nazi that's cool uh, Nazi yeah Nazi uh that's before that's not the third track um so Abdullah bin Umar said the Prophet said fever is a, is the heat is is a from the heat of hell so put it out cool it with water Nafi mm-hmm. said Abdullah used to say oh Allah relieve us from punishment when he suffered from fever. So I think he thought that fever is somehow related
3: to hell. Like it's kind of a punishment. Well, they're they're both very hot. Here's the yeah. counter, here's how it would defend it, right? Because there's another hadith that Muhammad says the devil hides under your nails, right? Yeah, so, under your
0: fingernails, that's right. Yeah,
3: under your fingernails. So people would like, look, this is that. actually very, yeah. this is very good because God knew about bacteria And to the common people, it was just telling you to just clean your nails. And God also knows that you need to cool down fever, but you to convince people, you have to tell them that this is the heat of hell. That's why you cool it down. So you're basically making people uh, teaching them scientific things by by putting them by putting the words in uh, layman's terms. So I have
1: another interpretation of that. That a little gymnastic thing that I can do uh, that is relevant to modern science and forensic. Science, actually, is that um, a lot of times with criminals, uh, like people who've been assaulted or attacked, um, what they do is they look for the DNA of the assaulter under the fingernails. Because often people, when they they try mm. to defend themselves, they scratch the skin. So you look for the DNA of the criminal under the fingernails, and that's how they identify uh you know rapists attackers thieves you know people like that people who mug you so see?
0: um mashallah it was all in the, all, islam is that, knows everything is that right is that good see yeah, like that yeah, is yeah
1: that kid that's mm-hmm. legitimate Wait, that's, that. like, that's
3: not good here. at all that's, are you saying god is like teaching you how to avoid no no no, no i'm saying the,
1: the devil is under your nails the devil who
3: attacked you and he did terrible things to you the attacker His dna is under your nails. of course no, because the hadith is saying, telling you to clean your nails. Basically, if we're going by your justification, you're saying God is trying to tell rapist after you rape your somebody to hide the evidence. Okay, well, that part of the hadith
1: <laughs> is inauthentic. Okay.
0: Kick him the out of the classroom, Ali. Yeah, speaking speaking <laughs> of Satan, what
1: are, what are you doing? Like, get out of the class, Armin. This is your teacher was right. Speaking of Satan, like, stop j- finding check holes this one in out. my arguments about. <laughs> uh, check this one out. The prophet okay, said, Wait, wait, wait. Faisal, so, ab- 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 ra- yeah. before we go on, can we interspers, because the thing is with the Hadith, I'm, a lot of the audience is listening to this. They'll yes. you know, just be like, well, the Hadith, you know, we kind of disregard them, but, you know, the Quran is the real. Nobody thing.
0: disregards the Hadith.
1: No, listen, in, in your circles where you were raised, nobody does. But in my circles, every Muslim I talk to when I said there's they're a your circle
3: is the non the not true, your circle of Muslims is the Western hippie Muslims. That,
1: <laughs> really? That, but the, <laughs> most most of most of the Western Muslims are the moderates and all that stuff. And they tend to think they're like, well, it's not in the Quran. So they Quran don't pray. The
4: huh?
1: Well, they there's. A, Nobody's saying that's logical, but every time you tell them that this is, did you know it said this in a hadith? They're like, well, you know, the hadith were written by men. We don't know if they're authentic or not. But right? then because if
3: they if they don't know, then how do we know when to pray? How do we know that we're supposed to go to Hajj? They don't. They don't, they don't, do don't think that far. About the, the, it? Okay.
0: Yeah, they, they, they don't go to hajj either. They don't. But go... what
1: they do? This is generally. I mean, Faisal, you know this. Like, you know, every every yeah. time I talk to somebody when I quote the Quran, then they have to argue it because that's something they all agree on. Like okay, every what time do you I mention.
0: We got some crazy shit there, All too. Right. Beating up your wife is in the Quran, and yeah. men so are the, responsible so you wanna, for I have that. not the Quran. funny part.
3: I have, some, I have some good stuff.
1: Do, do you want to start with, I think, one of the most popular and discussed verses right now? So let's talk about 434. You want to do that and get it out of the way, and then we can go to the fun stuff? Oh, uh, the, the
2: beating of women?
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I know this verse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fessel memorized the first thing he memorized when he was younger. Yeah, was like oh, this one I'm gonna.
0: And men are responsible for women. That's what that's, what's that's how it. So it starts. So let's read, out, Fessel, the read out the whole
1: verse in Arabic.
2: Like and the little will...
0: pet, you gotta take care of your pet.
1: Yeah, I'll, oh, no, I'll so read so out three,
2: the English. Three, uh, it's four thirty four, right? Four thirty
0: four. Oh, it's four thirty four. Surat
2: An Which zip code I don't know. is this? <laughs> um. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Hold on, let, let me, yeah, 434. Surat nisa I just Googled it. One second. Mm-hmm. Quran.com. I like that we are using Quran.com as a source as a, for <laughs> our podcast. Well,
1: it, it's actually uh-huh. really good, Quran.com. Like people, but uh, a, Yeah. So it's better than most of the uh, traditional. You anyway, want me to say ahead. it? Yeah, you read it out in Arabic and I'll read out the translation. I
0: thought this was uh, supposed to be funny stuff, but okay. Yeah,
2: but, bismillah, this, this could get funny. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, بعض بعضهم على بعض وبما انفقوا من اموالهم فالصالحات فانتت حفظت للغيب بما حفظ الله والتي تخافون ان يزهن فضعوا فضعوا فعذوهن واجروهن في المضاجع واضربوهن فان علىكم فلا تبغوا عليهن سبيلا ان الله كان عليا كبيرا صدق الله العظيم You don't really
0: have to say Sadaq Allah. You don't don't, don't have to to be that authentic. Don't don't tell
2: me what to do. Don't tell me what to do.
1: (laughs) The translation of this verse, 434, is as follows. This is from Sahih International, but this is pretty much a consensus. Men are in charge of women by right of what Allah has given one over the other and what they spend for maintenance from their wealth. So righteous women are devoutly obedient, guarding in the husband's absence what Allah would have them guard. But those wives from whom you fear arrogance, not the wives who are arrogant, but the wives from whom you even fear arrogance, first advise them. Then if they persist, forsake them in bed and finally strike them. But if they obey you once more, seek no means against them. Indeed, Allah is ever exalted and grand. I just
0: want to say, that there is also a hadith about hanging your whip in plain sight so that your children and your wife can see it so that they can be reminded to always listen to you there's a hadith so that's the that's the hadith that sort of partners up with this ayah from the Quran yeah yeah
1: so uh this is this is a thing that basically what they're saying is that if you fear disobedience from your wife then uh you first you kind of talk to them and if they don't listen then you send them to a separate bed you stop sleeping with them and oh, then, shucks. yeah i know they'll be terrible <laughs> suffering and then finally you can beat them um and some people say you're supposed to beat them lightly wait you can't
3: say, beat them or you have to beat them I well think it says
1: and finally beat them
3: yeah it's not a, it's not a recommendation it's a command it's a command, yeah. There's no yeah. beat
1: them. So so the 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 controversy here is uh with the words, the Arabic words that correspond
3: to Yeah, beat so them. so so I mean there's two def- the two ways to def- that usually people use to defend this. One of them is that this isn't even hitting Zerab, the zaraba word here is coming. To, uh, go towards them right and another uh, this is very recent defense They didn't used to exist in sco- like scholar arabic scholars didn't use use this defense before but the more common traditional defense is that there's a hadith where they ask muhammad how they should hit him and he was brushing his teeth i think that that at the moment and he just shows them his pr- toothbrush with this so he was saying like like Swap? with something with miss yeah with something so light like as as light as a toothbrush so don't hit them hard, hard hit them with something very light yeah,
1: so those like, are the like two foreplay. main defense
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like you take a feather and you're like oh you know i'm gonna hit you so with my stupid. feather and my toothbrush it's foreplay like then and he deserves
0: be like, to be punched like really. oh please
1: yeah hit, hit me hit me again with that toothbrush i like it a little
0: bit no, to the left so how do you respond? <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Reminded me of Monica Lewinsky and her cigars. Uh, so,
3: how do you respond right. to those two defenses? Well, the the first, So, the, the first one was what that the, the zaraba is not strike; is walking going to that Hish.
0: word is still commonly used today. It's not like it's some old Arabic classic unused word.
3: Yeah,
1: so zaraba, which you're saying it in Persian, but in Arabic it's uh, daraba, right? Daraba. Um, daraba, right?
2: Yeah, so the, in Persian
3: the... we only have one zed, unlike in Arabic there's like four different fucking kinds of zeds. <laughs>
2: right, exactly. Well, you stole, so... you stole our language. Don't, don't try to like,
1: <laughs> don't complain. So yeah. the daraba is the word, is the root word from which. Uh, so the 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 words that Fessel said, he said adribuhunna, adribu hunna adribu is derived from the word daraba, uh, which actually means beat, but some of these modern sort of hippie scholars, all of them who happen somehow to be South Asian, they don't really happen to be, I haven't really seen a lot of Arabic scholars um, use this justification, but these South Asian scholars who've learned Arabic as a second language, or Iranian scholars sometimes, um, they say that this word does not just mean beat, you know, because there's other verses. Just
2: beat it, beat it. Just yeah. Be
1: it. <laughs> so there's other <laughs> verses like where the word wadurabat means to be humiliated. Um in uh in some places it says to go forth, right? That the word, the root word for daraba is used to say go forth or go ahead or um to, to move forward or to move towards something. And the answer to this is that daraba is a verb. I mean that means to hit, okay. It's defined according to the object. So I'll give you an example in English. right? Again, I wrote about this in my book. Supposing I said, hit the road. What does it mean to hit the road? It
2: means go to the road.
1: It means hit the road. Let's start driving. Let's start moving. All right? Or hit the lights. Like hit the lights. Or hit the goal. Hit the bottle. You know? um, Now, if I say all this stuff, I say hit the road means to to start traveling on the road. Then hit the woman must also mean travel. Does that make any sense? No. Of course it doesn't because yeah. the the verb daraba is defined by the object that it's referring yeah. to so when it's saying hit the road the word hit means something very different when you say hit the woman the word hit means something very different in this case wadrabu hunna actually means hit the woman if it said wadrabu ad or adarabu anhunna that would mean to strike a parting or, you know, whatever those uh, things are, to strike a separation. And this so, is pretty
3: clear. Like like anybody who speaks Arabic, this is pretty obvious. Like it this is, is not, obvious. Yeah, like there, yeah. there's
1: absolutely no basis to the justification that the word means anything else except for beat women. That is that is what the word, there, there's no controversy about this among people familiar with the Arabic language.
0: That's yeah. true.
1: Right? So yeah, that, I mean, that's the first part.
2: But, I mean, what Ali said is completely true. I mean, and, and that's why it's plural. So, because it's nisa So, it's the plural of, because uh, mar'a is the, sorry, Nisa is the
1: plural of women. So, mm-hmm. and he's
2: talking means hit the about women. women
0: the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
1: uh, like them. another, if you, even if you take the word strike in, in English, when, if I say, so let's, Fessel, you and I are going to strike up a conversation. That means we're going to start talking, right? I'm sorry, that's yeah. my baby crying. Can you still yeah. hear me? Over yeah. her? That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, I didn't but, strike her the, the, so the strike uh, up a conversation yeah. means I, I'm starting a conversation with you so if strike up a conversation means I'm starting up a conversation does yeah. striking a woman mean that I'm starting up a conversation with a woman no it doesn't mm. it means I'm hitting yeah. a woman so can, can, yeah, it's like counter strike
2: okay. you know the game counter strike oh, <sighs> no no I don't know
3: <laughs> yeah. All right, but also to the to the point that this is supposed to be a light striking and it's not supposed to be hard. I just wanted to respond to that because first of all, even if it's light striking, that's still pretty fucking deplorable. Like that's pretty here still hitting a woman. Second of all, the Quran never clarified that, that it's supposed to be light striking. This is something that um like you know, if like if God was giving instructions to people and if he wanted to make sure that it's light striking. A, is he did a very shitty job at communicating yeah. it to people? He could have just,
0: he didn't say light striking, he just said strike her, and it's up to you how hard you want to strike her. Yeah,
2: so exactly. yeah, but but uh, what I was going to say, I mean, that there is this we're not uh, justifying the other thing, feminist Islam people, yeah, will say that like it's just like uh family disputes, and like this is how it's kind of like the man should be the one like keeping the family. And uh I don't know, something, something Um like
0: bullshit. bullshit. Bulls-
2: yeah. Like it's just like you, just like when you spank your kid, it doesn't mean you hit, you hate your kid. It means you want them to behave better. So wow. the, the, if the woman is behaving well, then wow. The, yeah. I mean, that is, that is actually what, <laughs>
1: I mean, this, is, is this problematic. Is, have you, do you guys know Karen Strong? Helpful. Have you, I came across this woman. He, she's a, she's a female men's rights activist. I don't know. But anyway. Yep. She is. Yeah. She has all these YouTube videos. And one of them, like, she actually talks about how she justifies beating the wife. Um, why wife beating is okay. And she talks about some neighbors who are upstairs and the wife is screaming and yelling and then eventually he'd hit her and everything would be fine. And she actually said that that's something that she needed as well. She actually, Dave Rubin interviewed her. It's fascinating. You guys should should listen to it. I've
0: heard about this. Uh, Let's
3: go to something a little bit more. less. Yeah, it's moving right along.
0: We're not justifying everything that we're reading today because it will be here for a while. Let's just share all the crazy shit we have. Ali, you said you had something from the Quran, but you never told us what it is.
1: Oh, um, that was from the Quran. I actually have oh. something. One of my, uh, uh, that, that, that that was one of the I guess Faisal had, that was the one. There, there is, I also have a bunch of other stuff. I actually have something from the Old Testament that I want to share that I think is uh, oh. really, really
2: Faisal,
0: did you have something saucy. from the Quran before we move religions?
2: One of the major scientific and in, in, inaccuracies, because that's one of the things like I was Is that uh, in the Quran? It says that there are seven skies, right? There are seven skies, seven heavens, seven heavens. And uh, my my favorite one is is when when Muhammad like flew to Jerusalem, right? And then he went, and then he took he took Uber on a flying
0: donkey, right?
2: On a flying donkey, (laughs) Uh, no, flying horse, flying
0: horse. Uh, Was it a mule or something?
3: No, no, no. It's, Was it a horse? Na, it's nothing, nothing that we know because his face it had a human face. Have you yeah, ever so, seen it? What is the
2: name? What is the name? Um, it's a,
0: a, 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 a Barak.
3: A Barak. al
2: Barak. Yeah. No, that's right. So then, yeah. So then, he, he first of all, he took Uber Paul to Jerusalem, right? <laughs> and then he took Uber <laughs> X to heaven. So... So the, uh, the so the, the the whole story Uber uh Uber Uber uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm triggered.
0: I'm triggered. sorry so oh, no, you're cute, I love your accent. Um
2: so yeah Isra wal Ma'raj, I mean this is this is considered like it's literally so funny. I mean it is funny to begin with. First of all, he took like a flying horse. Into and first of all, I mean, why didn't he just go to heaven from Mecca? Why did he take Uber poll Like the, the thing is that, the thing is that he needed an Uber Pool. Like I mean, if you just think about it from just a financial perspective, right? <laughs> if you, if you have like, if you have like thirty bucks on your on your PayPal, why do you use Uber Pool to go to Jerusalem, and then take an Uber to heaven? If if you can go to heaven from, if you can take the highway from Mecca. Then why just don't take the FDR drive? Take the FDR drive and go all the way up. Um, but the uh, and this is actually Lefezel, we're moving
1: away from the Quran right now. But anyway, go on. <laughs> well,
2: this is a, a a bigger reformer here. Okay, so I'm trying to bring right. the. So <laughs> well, says it was a flying center. This is a
1: reform version of the of the flying horse story. <laughs>
2: yeah. So so what? So like it was, this yeah. is believed to be literally true by actually I, I've met people who literally believe. That this thing happened
4: mm-hmm. so, so they don't you even have think to of it, it
2: they don't even think of it as metaphorical they think that literally muhammad took a flying horse or whatever al buraq whatever you want to call it right and then he took to heaven and then he met he met allah right he met allah over mm-hmm. there but allah never showed his face so he was so allah, allah was going anonymous he was like it was like using. He was using a u proxy, right? He was using a VPN. So Allah was using a VPN. <laughs> over, So he was using a VPN, and he refused to talk to Muhammad. He so he used a third party, right? So he used he used a, a Jabrael and yes, this and, is
0: when they argued about how many prayers every day. Yes. That, first, he's um, like, yeah, you have yeah. to pray to me fifty yeah, times a day. It started with fifty,
1: and then it went
2: back,
0: yeah.
1: and it was between Moses. Moses was also negotiating, that's right. Remember I
0: remember Paris, Moses yeah. being there. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. like, Moses to do fifty,
1: and Muhammad's like, I can't do that. And, you know, these and Moses is like, go
0: 50. back. Moses was played by, like, by enough <laughs> like,
1: Moses was played by enough and Jesus was
3: that's played crazy. by. Well, let's tell people. Let's tell people what happened. So God told Muhammad that go back to people and tell them that they have to pray fifty times a day. And then he came back from heaven and Moses was like, how many times did he tell you that you have to pray? He says, 50. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Nobody's going to pray 50 times a day. Go back and renegotiate for less. And he, he went to God. And then he went back to God. And then God said He's in the okay,
0: he's in the market. He's in the soup.
3: God, God was like, fine, like 40. And then he came to Moses. Moses was like, fine. Are you serious? You 40? Oh, i I'd heard multiples of five. Like I thought it was
1: fifty to forty-five. I don't know. 40. I
3: don't know what it was. I'm just I just know he kept on going back between Moses and God. And Muhammad. And then when he came to five, Moses was like, I'm pretty sure people are not even gonna do five. Muhammad was like, I'm He's not like, I'm gonna I'm done, go back. man. Ma- yeah. <laughs> Muhammad was like, I'm fucking done with this. There's no way I'm going back for five. <laughs> was it? So- yeah, <laughs> five that, that five, sounds man. a
2: lot like the Iran deal. I was like, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> let's negotiate. First of all, let's negotiate on, on centrifuges and then and then the, the humorize, and then they're like, what the fuck is humorized? It's all this because centrifuges for 10
1: years. And that's like pretty much what what seems like the deal. It's a lot like the Iran deal. Well, it's it's a lot like Donald Trump. You always start from the most extreme position, position then you negotiate down, right? Th-
3: this is and authentic the- stuff, though. Like when we we yeah. believe yeah, yeah. these things as completely Islamic. This is not something that is a fringe uh, teaching, right? This is, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mo- when Muhammad went to heaven, he also mentioned that he really wanted to make this clear that he really he's when he saw Abraham, he looked like Muhammad. And for him, that point was very important because that was the point. That was still there around the time that he was trying to make it clear that Islam is the continuous, uh, is the is the Jewish religion that is continuing, right? Yeah. So he was really marketing Islam to Jewish people at that time, and that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's why he, that that's why Moses was there. Yeah. Eventually, he changed his mind, and this whole uh, Jew, uh, becoming the Messiah that the Jews mm. were waiting for, but. That was that's that's the reason why Moses was an important part of the story and Abraham was a big part of the story and that's why he mm. also said and also by, because Jews said like you you're you're not the prophet we're waiting for because we're waiting for a Jew not an Arab and that's why it was important I think it was important for him to mention that he looked like mm-hmm. yeah
2: mm-hmm.
3: and then and then the the he told the Jews to go back to their
1: country
2: and then the Jews were like you're so racist. I mean,
1: that, no, that's. that's I... <laughs> but okay, so now that we're talking about, I just want to go back, um, take a trip to the, uh, to the Old Testament, and I want to read you guys out something that shows, like, you know, this whole thing about how Muhammad wanted to show it was a continuation of Judaism. Uh, so I just wanted to read. This is from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 20, and the verses or the passage, passages from 10 to 20. So it says, when you march up to attack a city, make its people an offer of peace. This is from from the Bible, the Old Testament, Jewish scripture. If they accept and open their gates, all the people in it shall be subject to forced labor and shall work for you. If they refuse to make peace and they engage you in battle, lay siege to that city. When the Lord your God delivers it into your hand, put to the sword all the men in it. As for the women, the children, the livestock, and everything else in the city, you may take these as plunder for yourselves. That's pretty much what ISIS is doing right now.
0: That's Islam, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you may use the plunder your Lord, your, the Lord your God gives you from your enemies. This is how you are to treat all the cities that are at a distance from you and do not belong to the nations nearby. Um, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, it basically says that you have to kill everybody. Right. Oh, and and sorry, the uh, last line of this. However, in the cities of the nations, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Do not leave alive anything that breathes. So it's amazing that what ISIS does and how Islam was spread in Muhammad's time, all of this. Uh, Moses, this is how kind of Moses did his own thing, too, according to the Old Testament. So there are a lot of parallels, um, interesting ones between Judaism uh, and and Islam.
2: I, I wish they do that in interfaith events. Have you guys been to interfaith events? Yeah so they like, should
1: read this verse. Yeah, I like, think yeah. so we have a lot like, in common.
2: Whatever an interfaith event it's like, wow, our religion talks about peace. Oh, it does. Ours too. It's all bullshit. That <laughs> right? is all fake news. It's all like it's all <laughs> not, it's all fake news. Like, uh, like but, all, all I wanted to, to do is like you are fake news. But the thing yeah. is like they never talk about what's actually in common. It's like they're not religions of peace. I I would argue that violence is a central message of all these religions. At least at least to, to a, uh, a period of time, uh, including Christianity. I mean, Jesus said, yeah. I didn't come to bring peace. I, cre- I came to bring sword. Um, so mm-hmm. he was not a hippie from Williamsburg. He was not.
1: Well, um, you know the moderate defense, though? You know how... Uh, you Armin's
0: to... trying to share something, <laughs> no, no, I it's think. Okay, so oh, was... sorry,
1: Armin. No, no. Do,
3: do you, no, no you guys ahead, or... are
0: going off on a tangent now.
3: <laughs> no, I just I wanted to bring, bring the point that, uh, you know how it's this is actually very parallel to what we talked about the hadith because what you brought is from the old testament and a lot of mm-hmm. christians always say you can ignore the old testament because it doesn't apply anymore but both the muslims and the Not christians yeah. i know but both the muslims and the Christian have this run to this problem because when it comes to muslims you have the five pillars of islam which four of them come from the hadith and we have, when Chris, with Christians, you have the Ten Commandments, which would come from the Old Testament. So, from one side, they're arguing that you have, you can get rid of it because now you have mm-hmm. the New Testament. But on the, the other side, you have the the pillars of the religion being established in the book that the the books that the church. So, I,
1: I'm actually prepared for this uh, this argument, and I I prepared for it before the podcast because I, I knew that we'd talk about this at some point. Uh, this is, you know, how the the Muslim excuse that this is taken out of context; it doesn't apply anymore. But the Christian excuse for the New Testament is like well, the Old Testament. The moderate Christians say the Old Testament doesn't apply. That's obsolete. That's actually not true. Um, Jesus. So Jesus yeah, I have a himself, question. I
3: have a question. Right, in, wait.
1: Wait, Jesus. Let, let, let's yeah. Let's, so let's, let's, there's a lot of places in the New Testament where okay. Jesus. Increasingly, Jesus says that uh, the Scripture cannot be broken. That's in John 10:35. He just refers to it as a commandment of God. He mm-hmm. refers to the Old Testament as literally God's word. That's in Matthew fifteen three, and calls it the word of God in Matthew in Mark seven thirteen. Um, and then he also said, "Until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished." Referring to the Old Testament, and that's Matthew five eighteen. That's the most famous one, and there are many others. So and Jesus shared himself, Matthew
0: five seventeen. So the one right before that, where. Mm-hmm. It says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or mm-hmm. the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill.
1: Yeah, that's a bad grammar. I am not come to destroy. It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's like an immigrant, a Middle Eastern immigrant. <laughs>
3: And, and also, that actually, wall. now that, now it, that you're making... Na- med- med- let, let, me, let me just let me finish this. So now that you're mentioning scripture in the Old, New Testament that supports the Old Testament, there's also scripture in the Quran that supports the Hadith. Because the Quran specifically mentions that you have to follow uh, the, the, the the way of Muhammad. Muhammad is the role model. Muhammad is the person. Like So the thing is that if the Quran itself is t- telling you that whatever Muhammad says and whatever Muhammad does is the way to live, then the Quran itself is sanctioning, is telling you that you have to be able to use yeah. Hadith because they're, yeah, go on. But I'm going to be
2: in defense of that because what is considered authentic hadith and authentic hadith mm-hmm. is disputed, disipu- is so Shias are not supposed to follow Bukhari because the theory really? is, yeah, because the theory is that Bukhari only lived. Well,
0: that's why you get killed then, hey?
2: Yeah, uh, is that Bukhari was able to gather like tens th- h- of thousands of hadiths and he only like lived with Muhammad for a very short period of time. Or maybe he did not even live with Muhammad. Bukhari came in after Muhammad. So they will uh-huh. always say yeah, that yeah, we, we take we take uh, like hadith coming from people living surrounded by Muhammad. Like they take the, the mm. Imam Ali quotes about Muhammad. But they say that uh-huh. Bukhari and Sahih Muslim are not like the most... Uh, But actually I have a question question. There's
1: there's actually another aspect to that festival um, There was a time Well there's two things I mean at the time of Abu Bakr There were uh, some people who were enemies of Islam Apparently who circulated a lot of fake hadiths there So the caliphs at one point Yeah they did So what they did They actually did a hadith purge where they got rid of many of these so many of people many people say that some of those survived the second thing is that what the Shia believe is because they go with the al Beth which is a family of the Prophet yeah they think that Ali and his family members obviously like you know my brother knows me a lot better than some dude who came like to, to you know 20 years after I died or however many years after I died so they go with first-degree relatives in their writings uh, as a source of Hadith and I think that the, the overall the, the main difference if you want to sum it up between and Sunni, apart from successorship, is really the source of a hadith, like where they get their hadith from.
3: To be be fair to the Shias, Muhammad at the very last hajj said to everybody on the way back that I leave two things for you. One is the Quran and the religion and the other one is the Ahlul Bayt. So the Shias understood that there's two sources of understanding Islam, the Quran and Ahlul Bayt. And they yeah. think the Sunnis only got one of them. Mm-hmm. We Shias got yeah. both. Well,
2: I mean, but that is a Shia story, right? I mean, the Shia story is <laughs> there is the Ghadir, the little Ghadir, right? The, in which uh, Muhammad said, uh, uh, whoever follows me will follow Ali. Ali is my successor. And that's what, yeah. the, what the theory says mm. is that Ali, that was supposedly an appointment by Muhammad to Ali to be the first caliph. But the, the Sunnis say no. This is like Breitbart source. This is not real. <laughs> no, 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 actually, the, no, no, no. That's fake news. No, actually, that's an alternate no, fact.
3: No, that's, that's not not, sure, yeah. wrong. Wrong. Anyway, wrong. anyway, no, it doesn't no, matter, wait, you
0: guys. I have We're going deep this. into the weeds. It doesn't matter. This. It's all bullshit.
3: They believe that they the Sunnis agree with that that happened. It's the translation that I think he said mola or something. They just think that doesn't mean succession su- successor. That just means like a friend or something, right? Whoever is a friend of Mine is a friend of Ali no na- no he said he said uh, said something about successor I mean that is I know I know I'm just saying that the Shias are just interpreting like the the interpretation of what he Muhammad said is different but nobody is denying what Muhammad's like both Shias and Sunnis agree with that he said that at that time you know what I mean because but but it's just what the me okay anyways the the, the interpretation of what Muhammad said is different but nobody disputes. I have a question, I have a question, but just kind of like, because
2: this is universal. Who set up the five pillars of Islam? Oh, that's a good question.
0: I have no idea. Because, I mean,
2: they're universal. The five pillars of Islam, uh, for those who don't know them, prayers and zakat and uh, Ramadan Ramadan and Hajj, right? Hajj and and, and uh, zakat. And zakat, yeah. Charity, Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't know. I don't know. I, this actually is a universal thing between both Sunnis and Shia's the five pillars of Islam is something that's followed by both. Um, but I still don't know who like set them on stone. Yeah, so what are uh, our
0: patrons saying? Our patrons are talking, our Wendell is saying Ten Commandments were from the Old Testament, but Hippie Jesus summarizes it into two commandments in the New Testament. Jesus is the OG Twitter user. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess that was.
1: <laughs> well, you know who summarized it into two commandments is George Carlin. Okay.
0: Yeah, you guys should go yeah. in,
1: uh, on YouTube. Uh, George Carlin has oh, segment. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: He's like, you can't, you can rape. That's no problem. But, oh, no, no, no. Wait, that's Louis C.K. No, no, he C. said K. that, yeah.
1: But he, what he did He's was. Like, don't say his name. Thou shalt not rape attitude. is actually not one of the Ten Commandments. You <laughs> have right. to, you can't say the name of the Lord in vain. But, yeah, you can't say his name in a about, shitty attitude. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing about raping. But what he does is he actually takes all of the Ten Commandments and he distills them down. He looks at how much repetition there is in the basic concepts and distills them down to just two.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's a, it's a great routine. Oh, so. um,
3: Faisal, to answer your question, the five pillars of Islam come from the uh, Jibreel had, hadith, the hadith of Gabriel. The hadith of Gabriel? Yeah, that's where they... That's, so it's actually one of the most authentic hadiths.
0: So it's from Gabriel himself.
3: Yeah, I, I mean... <clears throat> just
0: like the Quran. This is
3: the first time no. I yeah. see... I, I hear something got hadith from Gabriel. I thought that I the Quran, the Quran is the, actually the because because Gabriel. No no, no have heard of him. I've heard of him too. Yeah, this is the guy I think named Gabriel, not the Gabriel did.
0: Ah.
3: Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure anything from Gabriel would be considered the Quran.
2: Quran,
0: yeah. Yeah, because okay. it's this Peter
1: guy. Gabriel. <laughs>
3: <And> <laughs> let me just
2: Peter Tatchell, the...
1: <laughs>
0: Sledgehammer.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um
0: okay, so um, I want to make sure that I clarify why I was talking about nursing Faisal,
2: yeah, uh, so oh, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is a fatwa that was in Egypt, oh yeah, yeah, um. where there was a um actually guys can a guy I correct from university okay can I,
3: we we said something wrong, we need to correct it before before we go, so Muslim scholars named the hadith the hadith of Gabriel because it's a narration from. Companion Sahaba, not Sahaba, sahaba, not from Muhammad, but from Gabriel. It's also one of those unique hadiths where Archangel Gabriel assumed human assumed Mm -hmm. human form of manifest uh, manifested himself before oh my god this is actually pretty cool i have to read this
1: it's it's actually from no that's what i was saying that's what i'd heard of is that that there are some hadith that are actually from the archangel gabriel
0: well now
3: holy yeah but
1: but it could uh, complicate things (laughs) i want to i want to know about this uh, this whole (laughs) i want to hear more about this whole nursing thing yeah so it's
0: the it's the breastfeeding fatwa so mm-hmm. one of Sunni Islam's most prestigious institutions, that's Al-Azhar University in Egypt, um, a cleric from there issued a decree allowing women to breastfeed their male colleagues. And the reason why she should breastfeed her male colleagues is to avoid sexual deviancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not how it works.
2: Um.
4: No,
1: but that is that's true. But you know what happened is that in in Riyadh, uh, when I uh, I remember reading this, I should
0: I should probably explain the rest of like what what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Go it. on,
1: go on, go on.
0: So so because in a stem, if a if two if a woman nurses two children, those children are siblings. So if it's a, if she nurses a boy and a girl, then that girl and boy can never get married because now they're they're. And she doesn't have to wear her hijab in front of that boy. Like they're basically like yeah, family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he took that to mean you—a grown woman can nurse her grown male colleagues can suckle on her breast so then, that way they can become like uh they can
1: work together mahram. yeah
0: that's that, that yeah, way yeah. they can work together so, and then there won't be any sexual deviance yeah no
1: no the, so the first time i learned about this is when directly I was from
0: her breast by the way so she can't like express it into a bottle because that's like that's no go they,
1: they didn't have breast pumps back then no, the, it the, at least
0: five so- times
1: Right. And uh, so what I was saying was when I was growing up in Riyadh and I was a kid and every Friday they used to have – I don't know if it was Friday or whatever. They used to have a a thing where people would write to Arab News, their main newspaper – And uh, they would ask some religious scholar all these questions. Like, can I do this? You know, can I piss? Oh, it's my favorite. This is one of my
2: favorite.
1: I wonder if anybody ever did
0: this. I wonder if there's any woman that ever nursed her coworkers. No,
1: but I got it. So what happened is one dude wrote in, and he actually had the question. And I read it as a kid. And it said, what if a man is sucking his wife's breast and swallows a few drops of her milk?
0: That's it.
1: This is an Arab sister now. And the guy wrote back. He's like... He, essentially, he becomes her son oh, because of the wet so nursing. Thing. So he is now their Nika, which is their marriage. Um like, that their, their, their entire marriage becomes annulled. And wow. I don't know, they had to go through some procedure to be able to become husband wife again from becoming potentially mother and daughter and uh, mother and son. So the what procedure? Right. So I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the process was. I can't remember. I was just so shocked as a <laughs> <Yes>. nine year old kid. <laughs> no, I about this the procedure. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get past it. I was like, okay, listen. I, I don't even want to know how this gets fixed. That wasn't that's, yeah. that's but, actually
3: but, a good prank to play on your dad. Like you're like <laughs> I just <laughs> Just put it in his of coffee in the morning.
0: <laughs> and then be like, ha
3: You're not my dad you're anymore. Mom's
0: son now. No, you're
3: not my dad anymore. You're
0: my brother. <laughs> yeah.
1: but speaking speaking of uh, these uh, in- interesting uh, uh, family relationships, you know, I thought w- one of the other things I really like in the Quran, um, one of the fun ones, is the story of Lot and his daughters, right? And I thought this is in the spirit of interfaith, um, you know, the whole interfaith spirit, I thought we'd also connect this to what it says in the in the other scriptures. So the the verse is uh, Surah eleven, verse seventy eight. That's eleven seventy eight, and says. Uh, about Lot, Um, who was a prophet, Lut, in Arabic, Lord. and his people came hastening to him. Before this, they had been doing evil deeds. He said, "So this is basically a bunch of uh, gay were people."
0: Evil deeds, Ali?
1: Ah, okay. So let's get into this. So there was a whole <laughs> town that Lot lived in that was full of gay people. They all started having sex with each other. There were all these men, homosexual men, were all having sex with each other. And these handsome men showed up at Lot's place. They were his guests, and they were actually angels disguised as very handsome men. And obviously all these gay men just came in. They started rapping on his door. He's like, let us in. We want those. They wanted to rape the angels. We want in on
0: the origin. We're here for the gangbang.
1: They wanted the two (laughs) handsome men that were Lot's house guests. So what Lot did was he went out. He told the people. This is what it says in the thing. His people came hastening to him. Before this, they had been doing evil deeds. And those evil deeds were obviously, you know, the, uh, the, the dig, 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 dig in the desert. And, uh, and he goes, um, he said, oh, my people, these are my daughters. They are purer for you. So fear Allah, do not disgrace me concerning my guests. So what he was saying was, don't embarrass me in front of my guests by by Rave taking them and raving and them. Death. Take my daughters instead. So he pretty much offered his daughters to all of these people. Um, to take them just so that they wouldn't have sex with but a, Here's the
3: defense. Here's the defense. He knew he, he knew they were gay, so they were not interested in his daughters. All right. So uh, oh so come was, on. Just, yeah I, know.
1: I <laughs> yep. know. He's like, well they're not gonna do it. So he's like, I'm just gonna his daughters with the experiment. He's like, hey kids, listen, just go out there. They won't do anything to you. Don't worry. Just listen to see how this turns out. Now the the fun thing and I'm I'm almost done with this and um there is. But
2: most girls have a gay best friend. So he might probably wanted to do that for them.
1: Yeah, of course he did. Right. So now, now the. Did you go shopping? This story also uh, appears in the Old Testament, of course, right? Where Lot offers the angel rapers, you know, who are at his door, he offers his daughters to them. Uh, but there is a more interesting story about Lot and his daughters in the Old Testament. And this is, I think, my favorite verse in the Bible, old, new. Maybe even in all of script, Abrahamic scripture of all time. Not a whole lot, but it's a fun story. You guys are going to love it. Genesis 19 verses 30 to 38, Lot and his daughters. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day, the oldest daughter said to the younger, our father is old and there's no man around here to give us children as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. You guys are familiar with this, right? Yeah. That night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it. When He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. (laughs) I know, I'm pretty sure you did. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. So that's where they came from. All right, Products I'm going to defend
3: the daughters. and mean, like, if you have a father that is Thank o- you. that is offering you for rape, then it's okay to <laughs> rape your father. come back. <laughs>
1: An eye for an eye and a, a rape for a rape. They, I mean, that's basically what they did. They date raped him, they had their own dad. So I, I just wanted to say that, you know, homosexuality is unnatural according to Christian fundamentalists. And, this is you know, this is, yeah, but, uh, you know, incest with your dad to preserve your genetic. Uh, I have
3: no problem well, with incest, as like, but this was not consensual. They, they made him drunk and stuff. So this was like Can great. you not?
0: Like, that's going to be it, it, a quote now. Armin said he has was, no a, he problem was a with incest. <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: and, and having speaking sex speaking of, loot, I want to change the subject, but the word for homosexual in Arabic, is Loti. So yeah. when they say someone is homosexual, I mean, within the religious circles, they say either Shad, with means misde- deviant, or Loti, which is Egyptians coming from- Egyptians
0: don't say either of those things. Huh? Th-
1: that's
3: derived from Lot? From Egyptian Lot, stuff. Yeah. All right, but but let's look, let's summarize the story. But because this, the whole, if you look at the whole story together, it's pretty interesting. Because Lot actually in the Bible, actually a few chapters later, Lot is mentioned as a really good man, right? Even though he offered his daughters for rape to a whole gang. Uh, well, that's why he was a good man according yeah, to the Bible. But- So Lot never got punished. In fact, he was mentioned as a very good man. The daughters uh, never got punished, even though they raped their own father. But Mm -hmm. look look at the people that were punished, were people in the city that were having gay uh, consensual consensual sex. sex. They They got burned. And the mom, the poor freaking mom, for what? For looking back. For looking back at the city, she turned into a pillar of salt. So raping your father, no punishment. Offering your daughter for rape, no punishment. Looking at, back at the city, pillar of salt. Pillar of salt. Yeah.
0: Yep. I have something from Genesis too. But salt and kebabs make
2: related.
1: up Kebabs <laughs> without salt is not tasty. It is not tasty. You're right. The seasoning is very important. Yeah, That's unique. where Lot's wife comes in. She's yeah. responsible for all the seasoning. Yeah. And eternity. But yeah. And so his go ahead. Olive oil. <laughs> olive <Out of> oil. <laughs> <laughs> Is extra, this from the extra Genesis virgin olive four. oil or <laughs> virgin? Uh-huh. Yeah. So no. go ahead. The Genesis <laughs> six four.
0: Uh, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same mm-hmm. became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. So basically these giants were having sex with human women and quite possibly tearing them apart. And that's uh, Genesis six, four. So this was new to me. Wow. I actually didn't know this. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: uh well, there you go.
0: That's, that's my stop.
1: I know. I know there's a, uh, it's there, there is a lot of, uh, there, there are a lot of, parallels and there's a lot of plagiarism i think i think what the quran does unfortunately is it takes the worst of uh of both and it puts them together so you know in the old testament you had all these horrible corporal punishments you know like a of a rape victim has to marry her rapist or you know the the woman who is not found to be a bride has to be stoned to death at her father's doorstep that's all in deuteronomy and so on and then you know the, the new testament brings in proselytization that you take all this stuff and you have to go and spread it to people on top of that. And then it also brings in martyrdom, like Jesus died for your sins, you know, the sacrifice of death. And uh, what, uh, the, the, what Islam does in a way is it combines all of the horrible stuff and the violence and uh, in the Old Testament, and it combines it brings also brings in the proselytization and the spread of it, and also brings in the concept of martyrdom and life after death and you know being saved by doing the right thing and it's just of it's it's just a really really toxic um mix of everything so um and you know the the idea that the New Testament isn't violent. Is also ridiculous because in the New Testament, the kind of violence that's promised if you don't submit to Jesus, you know, remember submission, which is also what Islam means. If you don't submit, then uh, is that you have an eternal torture and violence beyond anything anybody can imagine. And that is what the New Testament promises, you know. So um, the idea of the New Testament this hippie thing. Hey, you can't be very peaceful if uh, your deterrent for everything is eternal hellfire and torture and damnation. And burning and all of that, um, so uh, just so all of these things are they're really really vile.
0: So, any other funny ones? To uh, change the- I have a question.
1: <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> the funny ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: Fessel, what What do you guys please. find the most contradictory two verses in the Quran? Well,
1: oh man, how many hours do we
2: have?
3: Well, actually, yeah. we're we're we're, every, almost in every most of us have start with. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, and also starts mm. with, also keeps on reminding you about how much God is going to punish you, and how much God is yeah. going to torture you, how much lead they're going to pour molten red down your throat. I mean, is that have the, you heard the it, tough love? And problem? you have to love him and no, fear no, him at the same time. Here's the thing: it's kind of like yeah, it talks like, like the Quran talks like Trump. It doesn't say you like it doesn't say like I'm merciful. It's like I'm the most merciful. I'm the yeah. most. Forgiving. Nobody's as merciful as me. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's how God talks uh-huh. in the Quran but
1: I, mean. but I actually have an answer to this That's very relevant to um, the times And that is, you know the, the, I think the most uh, contradictory verses I'll, I'll name two instances One is Surah 2, verse 256 Which is, there is no compulsion in religion A lot of people recognize this Because this is what the moderates It's one of their favorite verses to quote It's like, hey, you know The Psalm says there's no compulsion They just talk about Surah 2, 256 So anytime somebody tells you that to yeah, everybody the out verse. there, please read the next verse. And the next <laughs> verse says that if you do choose to disbelieve, there's no compulsion. But if you do choose to disbelieve, then um, you're going to be pretty much burned and tortured for all eternity. Um, this, the second one is where it says uh, that he who who saves one life has saved all of mankind. He who you know kills one person has killed all of mankind. That's sort of
4: yeah. Read right. the next verse. <laughs> That's <there too. laughs> again Surah
1: five, verse thirty-two. <laughs> read five thirty-three, and it'll talk about how people who are charged with what they call corruption, which could be as much as like insulting the prophet, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it could be something really mild, um, those people, they will be, uh, they'll be crucified. It says they will be crucified and but their what, limbs cut people, from opposite sides. Then
3: people say when they, in, in defense of that, people say, this is not about all, you know, corrupt corruption as if like people insulting Muhammad it's, it was about at the time at that specific place Muhammad was fighting the enemies uh it was about the you know opposing army it's it's not you can't just apply it to everybody that does corruption they're saying mm-hmm. that you have to read it in context of what was happening at the time How do you I, I, I don't that?
1: think that's I'll, I'll tell you that's... one example one reason why that's not true mm. okay sorry yes did you want to say something I was say,
0: gonna... no I was gonna I was gonna you're probably going to say what I was going to say, continue. Okay, so
1: I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, the In the Quran, there's a verse, uh, the very famous verse, one of the two verses that mentions how you should behead disbelievers, and that's Surah 8, verse 12, right? And uh, what that says is that, Remor- remember that when your Lord inspired to the angels, I am with you, so strengthen those who have believed. I will cast terror into the hearts of those who disbelieved. So strike them upon the necks and strike from them every fingertip. And we were talking about Adrubu before the word daraba that also appears here, the word strike. So this is a verse that, and I was actually on the, the agenda with Steve Pakin, um, I think a, maybe about a year and a half ago, with Shabir Ali, who is this sort of Canadian Islamic scholar and uh, I quoted this to him, and then he said exactly what I knew he was going to say. He's like, no, that was in the Battle of Badr. And the Battle of Badr was one of the first uh, battles that Muhammad fought with the Meccans. Yeah,
2: um,
1: and yeah that, that, as point, we call the... it Operation Mecca
2: Freedom.
1: Right, <laughs> so, so what happened, <laughs> Operation Mecca Freedom. So the people from Mecca <laughs> were, the, the Muhammad's army was outnumbered um, largely. So uh, apparently the angels came in and they helped the small number of people fight the Quraysh which was a bigger army of the disbelievers and uh, they uh, that these angels told they cast terror into the hearts of the disbelievers so that they went around beheading and cutting their fingertips off so he said that was specific to that war because they were defending themselves so I was like yeah but the problem is the very next verse surah 8 verse 13 which it says this that is because they opposed Allah and his messenger and whoever opposes Allah and his messenger indeed Allah is severe in penalty so even though that is about Bother, the Quran is using it as an example for all time. It's like what happened here in Badr? If you meet people like this, whoever opposes Allah and His Messenger,
3: well, well, at any
1: time, what if I they're say? It means if you penalty. meet people
3: like this at that time, like <laughs> well, the,
1: the, you wouldn't need that verse. It's redundant because yeah. that's already how that's did already he respond?
3: There. How did he respond when you said that?
1: He didn't respond. Then Steve Paikin jumped in. He's like, "How do you know all this stuff?" I know it's his job to know, but how do you know? I was like, "Well, because I read it." That's why I'm an atheist. You know, it was a funny moment. But uh, I would like—I would
3: like—I would have liked to hear his response to that. that would, because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see what 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 do you think a Muslim apologi- like ap- apologist would respond?
1: Uh, usually, it's a lot of waffling, and I've no. It's really like interesting waffling. that. Yeah, I <laughs> <Falwafel>. <laughs> the I I I think that um, whenever you do quote the next one, one of the responses I'll hear. So here, here's an example for. Let's go back to that. You know, when it says uh, no compulsion religion, the very next verse says you're going to go to hell. They'd be like, well, if there's no compulsion and you'd already decided not to believe, then why would you be afraid of hell? Because you're not going to believe anyway so you don't believe in hell why are you afraid of it yeah. that's usually the counter argument another place this counter argument shows up is in uh in yeah Sur- but the, al- point is,
3: the point is that we're not talking about us here we're talking about the god right we're talking mm-hmm. about the quran right so like R- right. when it's, when they say that I'm like we're not i am not the subject of the discussion we're criticizing this book and this book it says you either believe or you go to hell and like well why do mm-hmm. you care if you if you don't believe in hell, why do you care if it tells you you're going to hell? Yeah, we're well, not well, you talking know about me. We're
1: talk- yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny? It's like Surah 5, Surah the verses 72 and 73. It says that anybody who believes in the Trinity or that yeah. God was the son of Mary um, is a blasphemer, is a disbeliever, and they're going to go to hell forever, right? So it yeah. essentially means all Christ- Christians.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so Basically, people say the ch- same thing. Yeah, it actually tells you that all Christians go to heaven because mm-hmm. they're al Book, unless they believe in the Trinity. So basically, <laughs> I don't know where
1: it is. I love a... when you Ahl-Buk.
0: do stuff like that, Armin. No, no, the reason
1: for that, Armin, <laughs> the, that, there is actually defense Shirking for that. The reason for of that, that of is that whenever it talks about christians who go to heaven in the quran at every single time that's christians who have converted to islam who've yeah. updated to 2.0 right or 3.0 that's so if they're
0: non-muslim they, they don't right. they don't count
1: so but if they still believe in the trinity or that you know god was the son of mary then they're all going to go to hell so mm-hmm. so what they say is like if you don't believe in hell then why why are you why do you think that that should be offensive to christians well the reason is because if you believe that this is god's word if you're in pakistan in a village in pakistan you believe that this is the word of god him Himself. And this is what God is saying about Christians. How are you going to look at the Christians in your in your thing? You're like, okay, if, if like God wants to send them to hell forever. Yeah, I'm not supposed to do anything but, to these but, people.
3: But also, yeah? if there is yeah, true. But even if that, if it didn't cause people to behave differently, and even if, uh, if even though we don't believe in hell, we're criticizing the book. Right, Mm -hmm. we're not talking. We're just saying this book doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter if there is a hell or not. It's just inconsistent. Exactly. We're just showing its inconsistencies. Yeah. Um, By By the way, yeah. So we have any questions? Do we have any questions from from our patrons before we go on? No,
0: I'm just I'm laughing at somebody, uh, Wendell, who said Lot's wife was so salty to her daughters after they date raped. (laughs) So God turned her to salt. Oh, it's God. prayer.
4: Ouch.
2: Well done, Wendell. Mess. Well yeah. done. So <laughs> speaking, speaking of that, now I remember this. Because uh, you are talking about the non-believers and believers. And that's one of the questions that I asked when I was like, when I just hit the puberty. Um, was... So that was their
1: hobby. That, by the way, was Fessel's hobby. He's very good at puberty. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, he still practices it often.
2: Yeah, once in a while. Um, so uh, it's the concept of a predetermination, right? Mm-hmm. So on one on one verse, uh, the, the like it says, like God already instilled disbelief uh, b- in the heart of the disbelievers. Okay, and on the other hand, He's say he gonna put them to hell for choosing not to believe. Okay, mm, what the
0: your mind. what
2: the fuck is going on? It's like
0: on... setting us up for failure.
2: Yeah, so so he's setting up for, setting you up for failure, and then he punish you. So I asked, like, I remember I asked my Islamic teacher. He said, if somebody is born non-believer and God already knew that he's gonna be a non-believer, how does it make sense that he gonna it's punish a dick them? Move. Yeah, yeah. How's, mm. how's gonna make sense? Can he gonna punish them? Well, he made them non-believers. I mean, he, he actually said...
0: It's like making women have their period and then not allowing them to pray yeah. and then saying you're less in religion because you can't pray. But Faisal, you didn't read the
3: translation. Well. Can you read the translation of the verse that you just mentioned? Because that makes all the difference.
2: Why should I? I, I don't know. I, How I don't, does it make
3: a difference? N- no, no English, no English.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: so basically, one the one falafel, falafel in Englishy. I don't
3: know. I no, what right. God one, is one saying is that two
2: he. Uh, one falafel, two dollars.
3: Okay. Are you going to read it?
2: <laughs> 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 I start over. I still remember <laughs> the uh, when, uh, the Army, when the U.S. Army, when the U.S. Army came in, when the U.S. Army came into Iraq, and there, there was these shops like by, set up by children, and they were like, "Mister, Mister, chocolate, <laughs> chocolate, two dollars. Apple, two one dollar. Apple, one dollar. Chocolate, two dollars."
1: Oh, that's so cute. <laughs>
2: it's like yeah. it's that simple. Huh. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, I don't know the, I don't know the exact. I'm not like Ali. I don't know everything by verse and by chapter. Uh, I'll oh. remember. Oh no, like no, I'll just that 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 the thing like God said like we inserted disbelief in their hearts. Maybe you can Google it, Armin. You have a desktop. Uh, uh, it's like it's, it says he inserted disbelief in their hearts. like we it's like kind of like we, we inserted like a hardware.
0: Cleaned,
2: yeah. No, no, not clean. It's Like it's wiped
0: like,
2: it. Yeah, he's like he installed. Like he installed. Like uh virus. Antivirus. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he installed the virus in their hearts. Okay. Oh mm. that make yeah, yeah, them non believers. Yeah. Okay. And then he gonna punish them for being non
1: believers. Like what the fuck, man?
2: Mm. Like that's yeah.
1: kinda mean. That's not nice. Yeah, that's not that's nice. That's not nice.
3: That's not Rahman or Rahim, actually. That's uh that's, right. a, that's just a douchey.
4: Ridiculous.
3: The Bible also says that about Ramesses, I think, in the old testament. But this-
1: the Bible says everything that's in, like you know, like blasphemy. Like Leviticus twenty four sixteen actually says that blasphemers should all go to the whole blasphemy law and everything. It's it's actually really brutal in the Bible. It says everything. It says that people don't take the Bible seriously. People still take the Quran seriously. I think I think that that's going to change very very slowly.
4: Okay.
1: Again, so just for a fun thing, just can I tell you one of my favorite verses in the Quran? It's really short. And it's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh Surah two verse one hundred thirty eight. It says. Ours is a religion of Allah, right? And, and and who is better than Allah at coloring? It says we take our color from Allah and who is better than Allah at coloring? That's so sweet. Like no no, it says that. Like it's look it up. Quran two, one thirty eight. Right, we take our color from Allah, and who is better than Allah at coloring? And I want, I want to pose that question to the to the rest of my feller. Second, so like, who is who is better than Allah at coloring?
0: Who indeed?
3: I, not me. I sucked at you
1: know- coloring. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, was, I was pretty bad too. I kept on going outside the line. But uh, Allah apparently actually, is
3: uh, actually in in first grade school. Um, I didn't have a, a green pencil, and I mixed my blue colors and my yellow colors. And my teacher was so proud, even though I went all out of the line. She took my square that I was supposed to paint, colored in green, and she showed the whole whole class that what did I do when I don't have a green pencil? So
1: so we have our answer. We have the answer to this verse. (laughs) Who is better at Allah than at coloring? It's like Armin Armin Navabi, founder of Atheist (laughs) Republic. That's who it is. Anyway, I just thought that was that was cute. I always looked at that verse and I was like, "Oh,
3: <laughs> you're watching like a little God painting the world." <laughs> I know,
1: yeah. It was just like you know when God was a kid. You know, like when you see when you see baby pictures of you know people, even like Hitler, and you look at it it's like, "Oh my God, he's a he's a cute kid." What the hell happened? You know, it's like that. Yeah, just. Uh, All right, that I, have an some, I have of some. Here. I have
3: some verses, if you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, Please. All right, so this is about um, the, these two verses. Even though they don't mention Aisha and Zainab, they they are about Aisha and Zainab. And the the only way to fig, figure out it's about Aisha and Zainab is about is if you look at the hadith and the stories around. But if you just read the Quran, you have no clue what they're talking about. In fact, oh, I, I think it's Aisha and Hafsa. No, it? no, there's, I'm talking about two different verses, right? Okay. but I'm trying okay. to make a one point. With Kap, you. did you say Kapsa?
1: I like that. No, on. no, no. Go ahead. Okay, Armin, go ahead. All right,
3: <laughs> all right. So I don't know if people would listen to our previous episodes. They know about the story of Aisha, where she lost her necklace in the desert, and she because she was, you know, taking a piss or something, um, and then no, this is true. This, I'm not making. I'm not making fun of Aisha. I know, but. And then when she came back, she realized that the the necklace that was she was
0: tinkling she's a girl she
3: was she, she the necklace that Muhammad gave to her as a gift was missing right so and that was very precious to her, so she went back to find it, but then the whole caravan left because she's so light they didn't feel that she wasn't in her in the box that they carry her. I don't know what those things are called, but uh-huh. they went, and she was left in the desert, and she didn't follow the caravan. Because she felt like her, she's so much higher. Like she's the wife of the freaking prophet. I'm not going to run after them, even though they're very slow. She just sat there for them to come after her, but they didn't come after her because they didn't know she was missing. So she just sat there, and eventually, this guy on a camel came, and she he gave she saw that this he saw that this is the wife of the prophet, so he's not going to leave her alone. So he grabbed her and they put her on a camel and went to the caravan. And when he got to the caravan, that looked really, really bad. The wife of a prophet, um, another man having his arms around her and just showing up there. So a lot of rumors uh, flew around. And this was very devastating. Uh, this is basically started the Shia-Sunni divide because uh, when the, when the rumors got around, Ali suggested to Muhammad that he should just divorce Aisha. And Abu Bakr was there mm. when he mentioned when he suggested that, and Abu Bakr he got pissed. Yeah, yeah Abu Bakr is Aisha's was Aisha's father, and this is basically the divide between Abu Bakr and Ali, and Aisha and Ali. Eventually, Aisha actually eventually waged a war on Ali when Muhammad dies, yeah. and then basically Jamal, the, yeah. war, the camel war, the, yeah, the war of the camel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So th- this is basically where people that follow Abu Bakr, Omar, and Osman are different from people that always think that Ali should have been Muhammad's successor. So it was all because um, Aisha lost her necklace. Anyways, the- but the thing is that when Ali made this... Uh, that's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. All yeah. these
0: people are dying over something yeah. so stupid. Yep. All these yep.
3: people in Yemen are right now, so, mm-hmm. you know, malnutrition in Yemen, um, Saudi Arabia bombing Yemen, Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia in war and every- all these people being bombed in mosques by Al Qaeda, all of this because It Just, just no, hang this on is, to your jewelry. Listen, Armin, this your jewelry is about safe. politics and economics, not religion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah.
2: But and hashtag Nam
3: but, but this <gasps> this verse that comes, I found it. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, it's even got one of. Aisha's hairs. Oh no, that's Alisha's <laughs> hair. No, I, I forgot
3: it. Anyways, uh-huh. so this verse D-DNA comes testing. in the Quran and uh, mentions uh, this is twenty four four. So it says, "And those who accuse." Um, wait, I'm gonna read one of these better translations because this translation is not very. It's fake news. Yeah, <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> No, the translation, authentic, good translations are very important. That's, that's okay. like I would, I would who, urge people and those, every, and those yeah. who
3: accuse honorable women, but bring not four witnesses. Scourge, uh, scourge, yeah. Scourge, yeah um, so scourge them with eighty stripes, and never afterward accept their testimony. They indeed uh-huh. are evil doers, right? So,
0: and this is why there's no rape in Sharia countries.
3: Well, there is rape, but but you have to have four witnesses, right? But which is really hard to do because how
0: impossible
3: impossible to do, and this basically in a lot of places leads to when women try to. Uh, tell something um, like come and mention that somebody has raped them, they end up uh, sometimes actually being accused of adultery because they can't produce four witnesses. So, not only well, that's because rape, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, but you um, but, but no, just uh, just one clarification that actually happens even in places like Dubai,
2: by the yeah. way. Yes, there have been yes. stories in Dubai and Doha about this. It's not just like some place like in the middle of Sudan. That has this issue. Mm-hmm. This is like actually why. No, no, but th-
1: that's because this is a Quranic issue. There is no rape. There's no word for rape. Yes. in in yeah. uh, the Quran, I, there's a the word for zina, which means illegal sex. It's used for both adultery and rape. Consent is not is completely immaterial because it's written from the point of view of men. Right. So, a rape does not exist in the Quran. So,
3: the a second story, there's another verse that I want to mention, but before I mention this verse, I have to mention the story behind it. By the way, this shows you that these verses, like each one of them just came randomly, like they, if you read the Quran, it doesn't actually make any sense, because sometimes a verse comes, and then two years you don't have a verse, and then the next verse comes, and there's a lot of stories behind that verse. So, if you just mm-hmm. read it, it's just like random gibberish, but you have to actually read the stories behind these verses, right? So. I, the yeah. story behind the second verse that I mentioned is... And this is
1: the context, by the way. The con- When they say that it's out of context, yeah. what Armin's providing here is the actual context, yeah. which often makes the verses a lot worse yes. than uh, what you think they are. It does the opposite. So
3: Zayd was... Um, uh, Ooh, is, yeah. is Muhammad's um, adopted son, but before he was his adopted son, he was Muhammad's slave. It was, uh, before it was Muhammad's slave, it was Khadija's slave, which was given. To, it
1: was given to her as a gift, wedding gift. It was,
3: yeah, it was a wedding. Zaid was a yeah. wedding gift to Khadija, which was then given to Muhammad. And Muhammad freed him eventually and adopted him as his son. And there's this girl named Zainab, which uh, Muhammad gave to Zaid as a, as a bride um and Z- Zainab didn't want that because Zainab was a Quraysh member Quraish Quraysh was this really well known tribe and Zaid was a former slave so that's really like not, you know wasn't really nice but then when if, when Muhammad wanted something to really happen a verse would come down and the verse came down again <laughs> in the Quran and then Zainab said fine whatever and then they got married uh, but then if, at one point Muhammad noticed by accident, because she was in she how attractive Zainab is. And he, he was very attracted to her, but marrying, um, and Zaid, he went home and he was very upset that he noticed how attractive Zainab was. And Zainab mentions this to Zaid, and Zaid really didn't like Zainab. So when Zaid, Zaid goes to Muhammad, he's like, if you really want her, you could have her, this is no problem. Um, I just divorced her and you could marry her. But Muhammad really didn't want to do that because Zaid was considered Muhammad's son, and this, in around that time, was kind of like incest. Like it was very looked down upon for you to marry your former son's uh, wife. Your son's, your son's, wife. your son's, yeah, your son's former wife. Yeah. Sorry, thank you your son's former well, wife. Uh,
1: biologically, yeah. you still can't do it. In Islam. you can't. you can't marry your son's former wife. Yes. Th- that, that's why the adoption rules came. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, I uh, the, adoption, that.
3: the adoption rules came too. But then this verse came down, uh, it says uh, uh, 33, uh, 37, that so when Zayd had no, this is the second part of the verse, which it says, so when Zayd had no longer any need for her, we married her to you, by you, the God means Muhammad. Because, by the way, remember when you're reading the Quran, whenever it says you, the Quran is kind of like a dialogue between God and God and Muhammad, and you're just listening into a dialogue. That's how you should read it. So we married her to you in order that there not be. Uh, wait, where? Okay, so we married her to you in order that there not be upon the believers any dis- any discomfort concerning the and discount. Any discomfort concerning the wives of their adopted sons when they no longer have need of them, and ever is the command of Allah accomplished. So, so this is another verse that shows, like you know, Muhammad was kind of like, feeling uneasy, like that Aisha verse and this verse, and there's a whole other bunch of verses that it it doesn't like. A lot of people that are pro as you know, trying to being Islamic apologetic, make it seem like these verses would have you know, there's some master plan into it for all time and all places. But also a lot of people that are very anti-Islam always make Muhammad to seem to be like this evil monster that came up with these verses to destroy mankind, right? But if you actually read it, it just seems like Muhammad was just, you know, just tackling one problem at a time. You know, like he was This was like his daily... And he also just wanted to have...
0: He wanted to fuck everything
3: (laughs) all the time. Well, yeah, but the thing is like, it's not like, you know, all these consequences of these verses, like now these poor women that are trying to get people report rape and they get accused of adultery. And then, you know, these adoptions law that we have in Islam. These were not some master plan of... These are just consequences Mm -hmm. of Muhammad just trying to figure out how to get people... Every you know, how he can get away with what he wants to <laughs> exactly. do, and, like and
0: a- yeah, and he doesn't want to believe that his his daughter or his wife, his nine year old wife, I guess she wasn't nine at the time, but whatever, mm-hmm. his favorite wife, he wa- he didn't want to believe that she was sleeping around, so he's like, no, I need to have four witnesses. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he, it's like he it, it's 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 childish, but I don't think that he envisioned that you know, over a thousand years later,
1: it well, was going to be one the this carte blanche for actually, all of these people what, to be yeah. raping
0: yeah. What Yos, women. What Yas
3: mentioned is something that I should have mentioned with the verse came that is the force witnesses. That reason why that verse came down is because to show that Aisha didn't commit any kind of adultery with that because everybody was accusing Aisha. So Muhammad was like either give me four witnesses or shut the fuck up. If you can't give me four witnesses yeah. then you, you're going to be punished and Aisha is based. And actually Aisha and Zainab To
1: raise the threshold.
3: Yeah. And yeah. Aisha and Zainab actually uh, were fighting with each other at one time and they used these verses against each other because Zainab was like saying I'm the only woman that God himself married her to the to the Muhammad like no man married me to 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 Muhammad God married me to Muhammad like all unlike all the other wives right and Aisha Mm -hmm. responded I'm the only woman that God brought testimony to his to her innocence, right? So these are the only mm-hmm. two women that were the verses came down, even though they were the only woman that is mentioned by name in the Quran is Mother Mary. So these mention these verses are about these two women, but their name themselves is never mentioned. Zayd is mentioned, but Zainab is not mentioned.
1: Yeah, so so one of the other consequences of this actually is has to do with the adoption rules. So what happened here is Zaid was his adopted son, so uh, Muhammad could not marry the the ex wife, the divorcee of his biological son. So what he did was because he wanted to marry Zaid's divorcee, uh, he. Uh, created these rules about adoption that adopted kid cannot take the name of his father if he's adopted he can't there's a very clear distinction the the inheritance and all of these rules they affect the adoption and this has caused a lot of problems like in places like pakistan um you can't uh uh, the adopted adopted daughter of a man is not considered mahram um when you want to like it you know, even the guardianship rules and everything, all of that has changed. There's a taboo. Adoption has a taboo and a stigma associated with it. So there are a lot of kids that are out there that people won't adopt. They'll spend like hundreds of thousands of, you know, uh, whatever the current the rupees or, you know, whatever currency it is, depending on which country you're in, uh, on infertility treatments, but they just won't adopt, right? Because it's loaded with all that stigma. And the reason it's loaded with all that stigma is because you know the the prophet was just very attracted to this one woman who happened to be married to his adopted son, and he wanted to marry her after they got divorced, so. Uh, it is, it's just one of those, like Armin is saying, like just one of those daily things, like, okay, how I really want to do this. I don't know how to do it. I really okay. want to do
0: this. And then just, you know, by chance, God is like, hey, you know what? I have a new verse for you. And it just happens to coincide yeah. with exactly what it is that you wanted to do. And
1: 1400 years later, there are all these unwanted kids who don't have mm-hmm. families because of those stigmas. So so this stuff, I mean, it has, uh, it has very, very serious consequences.
2: Yeah, I mean, just think about it. I think that... I mean to his defense, I don't know if it's to his defense, but and so did Jesus. I mean, nobody knew about Christianity if it was not for Constantine, right? Like Constantine made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire, and then Christianity spread like wildfire and now and now is the biggest religion on the world in the world, right? Islam is the second. Um I, I don't think that Jesus even knew that his, like, stories, assuming that he existed. I think a-
0: Mary, before Jesus even, I think Mary is, would be really surprised. Yeah. She'd be like, you guys are still buying that shit?
1: Yeah. Like, I was like, just trying to, I just didn't want to get in trouble. I was 16. And, you yeah, know, I gonna, right. My husband was going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, like, I created, you guys just created a whole that. religion out of it. I created a,
2: a Jesus gate, right? Like a pizza gate story. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and then I don't think even Muhammad knew I mean, those who spread the Prophet the the message of Islam
1: were actually his successors, basically. Like, yeah, Omar was the Omer. main one who Omer, conquered yeah, like uh, is, large amounts of land. Like he was actually Omar. Um,
3: Omar is Omar is Omar and Osman together are the Constantine of Muhammad. Omar because he are. spread it, and Osman because he canonized the Quran, just like Constantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that's actually that's a very good analogy.
3: And then and then the Umayyad
2: came in and then they spread all over. And then the Abbasid came in and they spread all over to the way that became like okay conquered Herpes. third of the planet. Like the one third of I don't think so like I mean, b- back at the time, but but let's let's be honest. People that grew up in the desert faster, you know. Don't you know that? <laughs> don't you know that? Uh... I mean this is this is the main argument I've heard about Aisha. I yeah. was like Oh, how do you like think of it? Like, well, don't you know that women grow up faster in the desert? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe <laughs> the, the desert um helps helped Muhammad to marry all these women. I mean, the thing is like the biggest argument against polygamy is having more than one mother in law, yeah? So that <laughs> so so Muhammad had to deal with all these mother in laws. He didn't he need to have a special, like superpowers for God's sake. Like, he really needed, like, this is what convinced me that he was really a prophet because how can how can he deal with all these mother in laws and still. So, <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle by itself. It's, I mean, leave all the marriages it's a aside.
1: Miracle in law. Miracle in law.
2: Yeah.
0: He had 13 wives at one point, did he? Or was it 13? Well, in he, total? Ha- he
1: had 11 wives in total, mm. but he had uh, two concubines, slave girls. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so that's is, another thing about Maria the Quran
2: there's Maria al which is the Egyptian, Egyptian Coptic. Christian woman. Yeah, the Coptic, e- Egyptian woman.
1: Yeah. And then there's Rihanna bint the and so there. No, are, Rihanna was not involved in this. Not neither, neither is Beyonce. No, no, Rihanna, no not the, uh, that no. Rihanna. That's <laughs> where that's who she was named after. But now that we're talking about this, this is another thing. So the Quran does allow, uh, in several places, it says uh, um, all women are forbidden for you except for your wives and uh ma ma which is the the girls what, what that your you're right, mm-hmm. you're right which now. is your slaves or your captives so i i wanted to actually bring up another verse that i think is like pretty wild it's Surah 4 against or the nisa nisa means uh women it says chapter 4 of the quran and it starts by saying by the dress of women yeah, binders full of women. It's, yeah, <laughs> around, in magic underwear. So so four, So four. 423 actually talks about all of the women you can't marry, like, you know, your sisters, your mothers, you know, your sisters, and blah, 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 blah. Then 424 says, and also prohibited to you are all married women. Except. Except those your right hands possess. This means that if you have captives of war or slaves that are already married, you can still have sex with them.
0: Yeah, that's Sophia, so, isn't it?
1: Some people say you can't have sex with them, but you can marry them because later on in the verse it says marrying and so on. But but either way, even if they're already married, if you captured them in war and their husbands are somewhere else, but they're your captives... You can marry them You can have sex with them And people say Well it's by consent But They're your slaves You, Your slaves cannot By definition Consent So I can't, I still so remember essentially I
3: still remember When I first read that If, if I remember correctly It's Except in Zim one verse And then it starts to rest In the next verse Right So when I first mm. read the verse And it says Except i like How could this possibly end How could you Because it's saying Except yeah. you, could, you cannot have sex With married women Of course Islam. Right. Except like what? Except. So So there are certain kinds of
1: married women you can.
3: You can have sex with like what? And then it gets worse. Mm -hmm. Like if you capture them in the war against enemies of Allah, that's the only way you can have sex with married women.
1: Right. And and so a lot of people say, well, you got to look at the context behind this. And, you know, you got to look at the context, the context, and I'm just going to refer, I'm not going to go into the details, but so what I did was I actually did that in my book. If you go to chapter seven of my book, you, there's a whole section on this verse 424. And uh, in the footnotes, there are the, the, some of the major hadith that talk about why this happened. And there was a war. And there were many married women and uh, the um, the army of Muhammad, they, they didn't want to go near them because they were married. And then Muhammad eventually got this uh, revelation
0: four twenty four that said, Okay, no, so you timely, can go ahead. All the time. I mean, this
2: yeah, question for me to ask all the, this apologetics. I mean, yeah, so it's sex slavery we're talking about, right? Which context do you think sex slavery mm-hmm. should be allowed? I mean, let's so, talk so, about yeah.
1: fessel, just, to, just just really quick I just want to say that, that this is sex slavery, the term the Fessel used, what ISIS is doing, what we just mentioned here is that this is actually legal in the Quran. Just want to point that out. It's actually legal. Sex slavery is in the Quran. It's endorsed. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and speaking of, of recent events, that uh, so, so that uh, while we're recording this, there was an attack on a church in Egypt that happened one day, one day ago. And I was doing some research on this. And actually, Al Azhar University, which is considered the I would say one of the main schools of Sunni Islam, or at least one of the main schools of those, have actually had a book about destroying churches and synagogues. So Mm -hmm. what ISIS did is actually also endorsed by Al-Azhar. Yeah, yeah, it is. So it's, uh, so all these people who say that, um, oh, this has nothing to do with Islam, um. Well, it definitely has nothing to do with every Muslim. Not obviously, not every Muslim believes. No, it doesn't in... have
1: to do with the most Muslims. Most Muslims are yeah. way like as as Elishpa says. Most humans are more moral than the religions that they hold sacred. Sc- scriptures that they hold. Sacred. S- s- scriptures that they hold sacred. I'm sorry, Armin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, but I, mean, I, I need to. The... I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I shouldn't know this. And also, yeah. So that the yeah most humans are more moral than the scriptures that they hold sacred.
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, because there's also also. Also, all these logistics that I think that, like that, uh, I mean, now we don't live in a time in which people invade countries and like buy this and, and start using people as captives. Yeah, and, but it's
0: the perfect religion for all people for all time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, just think of the latest wars, like the Iraq-Iran war. How often that the people went into villages and. It was mostly between two armies, right? It's the, it's the Iraqi army versus the Iranian army. There's no like situations in which people go into into lands and start raping, like had your wives, had your kids, the raping, they're raping everyone I think out here. So. Do you know do you know, this, do you know this video? It's one of my favorite videos yes. on YouTube. You gotta had your
0: kids, had your wives, had your kids, they be raping everybody up in here, They're
2: raping everybody out here. I mean, other than like in that. You know, Complex or in wars that happened in the fifth century, it's very unlikely that you would have situations in which <laughs> you you ghosts are raping people by the thousands in the war.
3: Can I? Um, yeah, can
2: I, I mean the, the problem is. Yeah, go
3: ahead. You got time for that. Can <laughs> I mention something about that all out of context? You know, metaphor, not that <laughs> literal thing. I mean, this is this is supposed to be a book that is supposed to save us from the fires of hell, right? And it's supposed to be understood by all men and all women at all times, with whatever education that they have, right? It's supposed to be simple and easy to, you know, at some point, if you keep reading it and people see it and you read it the way we are, you have to if it was supposed to mean something else, you have to question the the capability of the author to be able to write something for people to understand what he actually meant to say, right? I mean, if you go to, if you go to, let's say you have, your building is on fire and you're trying to get out, you're trying to save yourself on fire and you go out and you're trying to read the instruction of where the exit is and it's it's in poetry and it's a metaphor and you have to kind of read it right and you're like, dude, I've, you know. I'm any, any any anybody with on the right mind could see that this is going to get people burned at some point right so if this if this instructions for you finding the exit if it's not clear and people end up getting burned uh, if if that's an more, if the if that not being clear is immoral a book that is supposed to save you from an eternal fire it it's not being clear it's speaking in metaphor if it's people reading it and coming up with different meaning Of it, that you know, even if you're trying to be very, very, you know, uh, you know, gracious, you know, you're trying to give God the benefit of the doubt and be like He was trying to be kind, but He's He's the creator of all world and He's all knowing. He should have been able to know how to write a book. That was easier to understand. That was more clear, and we got to the point in a way that it wasn't so much confusion around it, right? Yeah. yeah the especially since he created our that.
0: minds, and he mm-hmm. knows how we think, and and he created. He's supposed to know everything, so he knew this was going to happen too. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of which, I think we need to uh, wrap up soon, so we don't exhaust our audience.
0: Ali was saying mm-hmm. something, and um, I cut him off. Sorry.
2: Yeah. And actually, I oh, no, no, coming. I was saying that. I have a recommendation yeah. which I hope he's gonna be our future guest. So Patreons, if you would like, please donate, keep donating. Uh because uh hopefully so there is this famous Egyptian scholar called Hamad Abdel Samad. Uh and Hamid has a show called The Books of The Box of Islam, Sadduqul Islam, which is unfortunately only in Arabic right now. And this guy takes the Quran from cover to cover every story, every verse, he tells the whole context and everything. I mean I would recommend everyone to watch it if you speak Arabic. If you don't go back to your country. Um but um it is uh hopefully but it's
0: subtitled I think doesn't memory usually subtitle sometimes
2: yeah but these are Jews you know um so <laughs> um so the actually I mean just a disclaimer actually Memory is owned by a former officer of the Mossad that's actually true yeah. so uh, so what we're talking uh, about is
1: Memory TV this is a YouTube it's a it's an online thing where they actually collect and subtitle in English translate um uh, stuff from Arabic speaking channels yeah,
2: so uh, like particularly whenever, whenever I share something on memory, like some of my Arab friends, they're like, Oh, it's owned by the Mossad. So they discredit all the things said on memory. Who but cares? Know-
0: it's not like they're creating the content, they're just sharing it. It's that- just
1: it's actual real content. Yeah, there.
2: that's yeah. true. Too- yeah. yeah. You're speaking too much logic. Um so the so Hamid Abduslamad, if if you guys are interested, hopefully we're gonna have him on the show. I already talked to him about having him, and maybe we would probably do a show with him that talks in details about all these issues, uh, do you guys have anything left before we,
1: before I? Yeah, any? Uh, I think Yaz should get uh, Yaz. I didn't, you know. Like, do you have a last verse as a, especially as a woman, since the Quran talks so much about your people? <laughs> well, uh, anything that
2: <laughs> as a woman of color, as a woman of color, what does the Quran say? about
1: Any you? anything light-hearted and fun about women that you found amusing no. and made you laugh?
0: there's quite a few hadith and verses from the Quran that get thrown in a woman's face all the time. One of them we already talked about was verse four, three, four, right. Men are responsible. That gets thrown in your face all the fucking time. So that just means that Uh men are responsible for women or above women or guardians of women, however you want to translate it. But basically you are inferior to men. Um, and then, of course, he can hit you if he's afraid that you're going to be disobedient. Uh, if your husband wants to sleep with you, you have to sleep with him. Otherwise, the angels are going to curse you all night until the mm. morning. So there's no such thing as and that, that's uh, a hadith, rape. right? I think that's yeah. A hadith. So there's no such thing as uh, marital rape because you just yeah. have to you have to agree whether you want to or not.
1: There's one that even um, says that if your husband calls you, um, you have to go to him even if you're at the stove.
0: Yeah. There's <laughs> another one, cooking. even if you're on a camel. Even oh, if you're riding through the desert <laughs> and your husband's horny. I sorry. Know. That's what yeah. you
1: got to do. Yeah.
0: So... Um, Versus, yeah, and two, then, so he can beat you, he can rape you, you know. You basically, I, I have a question yeah. for you,
2: maybe that you can answer. Oh, and then women
0: are less intelligent than men, and women are the women are going to be f- uh, much more in hellfire than men will be, like, there's half the, the testimony, population testimony. Mm-hmm. Half the testimony. Oh, and the half the, the testimony is uh,
1: that's uh, that's actually yeah, that's the Surah two verse two twenty eight. The only reason I'm doing this is because I, for people who want to look it up, I want you to go out. I urge you to go and look up the translation of your choice, and and the and the interpretations of your choice, and the commentary of your choice. But yeah, Surah two verse two hundred twenty eight actually says that the word of a woman is half that of a man because if one makes a mistake, the other can correct her. Hmm. That's why you need two women instead of one man, and uh, just five verses before that, I think in two two two, it says that menstruation is an illness, so stay away from women when they're menstruating. Yeah, uh, that's also a nice, fun one. Yeah.
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so, so, so actually, I have a question for you before we finish because I, I I've actually been asked a question, I think about a day ago. Uh, yeah. What do you think of Muslim feminism? <laughs> That's an answer. Okay, have a nice day, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So, yeah. so you know,
2: Benata Hawi, you know, Benata Hawi, she's a yeah. fellow. W- w- what do you think do. of
1: Jewish Nazis?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Good question,
2: Because That is actually, I mean, that is being popping up uh, quite a lot. Uh, they say that, like, look at how Islam is feminist. Uh, Muhammad married Khadija, who was, she was a businesswoman. Um, that's
0: because it was before Islam, but anyway.
2: Yeah, so they say like look yeah. at the example of Khadija and Muhammad. Uh he married a businesswoman, he never married anyone else until she died. Um mm-hmm. This is a sign and that all, had-
1: all of that is true, actually. But I think what happened before was uh, even if you look at the Meccan surahs, Muhammad was actually he started out. He started. He was kind of like Gandhi. You know, Gandhi started out. He was very idealistic, nonviolent, this and that. And then later on, he became part he of the system. Power yeah he became part of the system then he became uh, he, he did become a bit of an ass later on and i think uh with muhammad is the same way like the guy like he was raised by his mother he was raised by his mother his father died before he was born he went to his grandfather he had a wet nurse halima raised him uh he had all these women in his life And then he had Khadija who was older than him, 15 years older, she was his boss. She financially supported him. Uh, She was essentially, she proposed to him too. So it was all pretty much in reverse and she wasn't a virgin at all, right? And uh, she married him and he was with her. Didn't
3: Khadija's lineage come from, like at least half of it came from Medina? Like she had people- Oh, I don't don't know about that actually. I don't know. Well, here's the thing though. I thought
2: thought she came from Vermont.
1: But the the idea is that like later on, (laughs) what happened is after she died and then when he became a statesman and he wasn't the idealist who used to do all those good deeds. Then he's
0: raping little girls.
1: Then, then, uh, he, okay. uh, the same kind of thing happened to him that happened to all the communist revolutionaries, right? They started out all idealistic and, you know, it's all about the people and everything. And then later on, when they got the power, they, they just got, uh, they completely, to be, to they got be completely fair, corrupted. To be fair, most people went to get,
3: I mean, when you get so powerful and everybody's praising you, it gets to your head, right? I mean, it's, it's right. hard to yeah, assume it's not going to affect him. But to be fair to Muhammad, to be really fair to him, one thing he never ch- turned his back on was the orphans, right? Like yeah, like to the very he, he was one right
0: because he, he uh, himself yeah, yeah that's like right. from
3: to the very end he was always like he turned on the he went from being really pro Jewish to very hating the Jewish people, and to be fair to him is. His anti-Jewish uh, feelings were not racist; were ideological, right? Because mm-hmm. any any Jew any Jew that became Muslim, he would put them on a pedestal, right? Like he would love the Jews that became Muslim. So it wasn't a race thing at all; it was completely ideological. Um, but he always cared about the poor and the orphans. Uh, but in other, in other things,
1: well, Zakah is a really nice concept, actually. Generally, whatever you think about Islam, Zakah, the idea that every year there's a compulsory part of what you make that should go to charities actually a wonderful concept yeah it's, well it's called,
2: but, it's called the flat
3: income tax the, the reason the oh, reason I why i mentioned khadija was from <laughs> me, half her lineage i think was from uh, medina is because women were treated differently in mecca than in medina like people in mecca treated their women much worse than um i mean in Medina. like even when omar mentioned to muhammad that these are are women in medina uh, when we come when we're living in medina they're becoming so uh, they're becoming so full of themselves they're feeling, they're speaking out of you know they without permission because they're lead, learning from all these uh, madani women and they're not listening to us anymore so you have to we have to make sure they behave because madani women were a little bit were a little bit more independent than mecca women i'm just saying in, in saudi arabia like a lot of people both on pro-islam and anti-islam when they try to make it seem like muhammad made things better or worse they make it seem like all of Saudi Arabia was the same, but it really depends on where you're looking at Saudi Arabia, right? Like um, Khadija was a businesswoman; and she had her own, like she she had her own um, trade business going on, right? Before Bef- Islam. before Islam, right? But to be fair to Muhammad, uh, the practice of uh, burying daughters alive was completely. To get it, gotten rid of because of Muhammad, right? So that was a common practice. People in Mecca when they want a son, if they had, yeah, daughter, they say
1: that they cite
2: that as a feminist concept. So Muhammad was like yeah. well, also yeah.
1: the women being allowed to own property and inherit property, right? That was another one that they could inherit property. But, but a lot of that this, actually came from mention to people
3: what we're talking about because before Muhammad, before Muhammad, the the uh, the time of Jah, uh, people when they had daughters. If they didn't want it, they would just bury them alive, right? And Muhammad didn't like that at all, right? And he stopped it. Here's the point, though. Let's say Muhammad made a lot of things better, right? The point is that the standards at that time is so low that it's not good enough for us, right? You can't, even if he was, even if he did, if he was, I'm not, I don't know if I buy into the idea that he was very progressive. He might have been. Let's say he was progressive for his time. A progressive for his time means shit at all for now, right? Because we have our our ethics, our moral system has evolved way more than that, and Islam is supposed to be a religion for all time and for every person at all time. So if just because it, like the Ahlul Jah, the uh, standards is a very low bar that means for ignorance, us time of ignorance time yeah the the, the mm-hmm. time of ignorance st- standard is a very low bar for us to have as a standard right just because mm-hmm. you're better than them mm-hmm. doesn't mean doesn't mean that it's acceptable today
1: mm-hmm. the,
3: an analogy to
1: that is actually and uh, you know i talk about this often is the, the thomas jefferson if you look at thomas jefferson and he was a founding father i uh, lived hundreds of years ago he's a uh, he was a slave owner he wrote the words all men are created equal but he used to own slaves he even had a 14 year old slave girl that he had sex with when he was in his 40s and he had children with her right for many years after that so now he did that if you if you talk about it today like we give him a pass we're like okay what he did was screwed up because at that time all the founding fathers had slaves and they all used to talk about equality they were all hypocrites in that way but uh, we let that go because they never claimed infallibility they never claimed that what they were doing was for all time so we took their work and we moved it forward if someone came up and if there were people walking around today defending thomas jefferson's uh, affair with a child, or defending Thomas Jefferson's slave and ownership, and we need as, to
0: be like him, we need to emulate him because today, he's such a wonderful man. So I also well, must. And because raise he children. had
1: God-given divinity, and we must emulate mm-hmm. his example for all time, then mm-hmm. uh, you can bet people would have huge problems with Thomas Jefferson. We would be skewering him. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like we are right now, so people can be very progressive for their age and their time. But infallibility, divinity—these things change everything. The moment you bring those claims into it, you automatically you, you, you ha- you're going to be scrutinized uh, by, by by a whole different standard, All right?
2: Yeah, and that that brings up the oh. end of our episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because I don't want I want I don't want our episodes to go longer than. Uh, what they like for hours, eight inches. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, two hours. Uh, um, I admit, uh, yes, yeah. so, um, well, hopefully, we're gonna continue to do some of these episodes. If we're gonna interview Hamid or some other future Muslim scholars in the future, that we're probably gonna debate some of them on these issues, and and our audience can listen to the apologetics arguments coming from the apologetics themselves, other than have us to be spoke, speaking on their behalf uh even though i'd always like to speak on other people's behalf um because i'm i'm the i'm the khalifa um that's right so um uh, thank you everyone for watching and if you are listening uh please uh spread the word share it everywhere comment um uh, uh, if you have some money uh give us some of your money i want to buy falafels um
0: Rate us, give us a, give us a rating on iTunes, is it Armin? Yep. Yeah.
2: Yes. And please don't rate us 911, Um because we're not we're not <laughs> responsible for 911. Um so uh thank you very much, Mr. listening and may God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. And
0: thank you to Max for being our awesome sound guy and always thank taking you, care of us. Thank and you. And thank you to our wonderful patrons for joining us.
3: All, all
2: right. right, all right, have a good night. Ciao, ma'am salama. <laughs>
3: Bye As-salama. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.
0: The secular jihadists have been made possible thanks to the gracious support of the Illuminati and the great state of Israel. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. In the meantime, we greatly appreciate the support of our current donors. Please consider supporting by sharing the podcast with your fellow heathens or by donating at patreoncom SJME.